Blog Talk Radio. It's time to strap our boots on. This is a perfect day to die. Wipe the blood out of our eyes. In this life, there's no surrender. There's nothing left for us to do Find the strength to see this through We are the ones who will never be broken With our final breath We'll fight to the death We are soldiers We are soldiers Coming to a large logic political talk, part of the growing conservative conversation, and also part of the Patriot Journalist Network. And you can find the Patriot Journalist Network by going to www.patriotjournalist.com. Uh, we've got a good show tonight. Uh, we've got a number of things we're going to discuss. Uh, one, we are going to uh, discuss uh, those credit card security chips. Uh, I just recently found one on uh, one of my cards, and so. Uh, prompted me to want to have that discussion tonight, but we're also going to have Dr. Tobin on, uh, Tolbert, who is running in 2016 candidate for U.S. Senate in Florida. He is also the founder of Citizens for a Better America, and we'll be having him on to discuss the eligibility of Rubio and see if he's on. He also, we'll talk more about that, and we're talking about whether he is uh, contesting his eligibility. And also, what we'll be discussing and have more audio 
from the debate, as well as talk about Donald Trump's immigration uh, plans that he's got coming up. And, of course, we'll probably talk about many more. And so we're looking forward uh, to our discussion tonight. And uh, I do see some folks in the line. So if you like the chat, uh, just push the one on your number dial, and we'll get you in here uh, on the show. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and bring our guest in, Dr. Colbert. Thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I'm doing well, thank you. Do you hear me okay? Yeah, I hear you fine. I uh, uh, appreciate you coming back on the show. I appreciate the um, honor of being back on your show. As, as you know, I have published a grievance and filed it with the U.S. Department of Justice, the state of Florida, the Attorney General of Florida, the Secretary of the State, and the Florida Election Commission concerning individuals running for the office of President of the United States and taking donation for this thought that they're presenting to the American people. And if you give me an opportunity, I'd like to speak on it for a minute. Yeah, certainly. Go ahead. That's uh, one of the reasons we got Sean, so let's go ahead and do it. Now, what what happened is that we noticed over the last years as we ran for, in 2012, President of the United States, that the Division of Election in Florida and also the uh, Florida Election Commission did not pay attention to the fact that when we submitted documents, and these documents were lost of certified letters, which would have put us on the ballot, these letters were um, signed for, but not accepted as the needed documents for me to be on the ballot. In 2014, when I ran for the governor of Florida, we were given a statistical data by Fox News that we had 14%, which would have been 1.4 million. And unfortunately, when the final tally came in, we ended up with 82 votes. We did not take any donations through either one of those campaigns, nor are we doing that through this campaign for the United States Senate. And a complaint was filed against us by the Division of Elections. We, hmm. in turn, went back and said, since we filed the waivers showing that we did not take donations and we were correct in our filing procedures, why was a complaint being filed against us in 2014 when in fact you failed to maintain your own records as a major organization and the group of individuals who were supposed to be aware of the fact who was or was not a candidate? So we took a step farther and we said, okay, which of the 50 states look at the candidates to see if they're qualified to be president of the United States? We found that in the time frame of 2012, only one state actually was taking the position, according to the Constitution, to qualify a candidate. In fact, Today, there's only 10 of the 50 states that review the records and look at qualification for a candidate of President of the United States. The attitude, according to the Division of Election and the Secretary of State in the state of Florida and other states, is that 
It is the Democrat or the Republican Party's responsibility to ensure the qualification of a candidate. So when President Obama ran for office, the 50 states did not take their constitutional position and file the, the grievances against a candidate to show that they, in fact, were a naturalized citizen according to the requirements of the Constitution. These articles of the Constitution, giving the authority of a candidate to be qualified, was pretty much interpreted the responsibility of the Secretary of the State. The Secretary of State should have looked at Article 2, Section 5 of the U.S. Constitution, which says that you must be a naturalized citizen and that you should qualify according to that. Well, the Secretary of the State of Florida takes the position, and the documents are 11-page grievance that I filed by certified mail and also by email against the state of Florida. And I used Marco Rubio as the example of a candidate running for a political office who did not meet the qualifications according to the Constitution. So I went back to the Secretary of State last week, and we sent this paperwork forward and says, if, in fact, you can look at me and lose my documents when I am a naturalized citizen with both parents born in America, whose grandmother came in through Ellis Island and paid the fees to New York and became a citizen in 1938, and you would lose my documents and tell me my name can be on, cannot be on the ballot, because every independent or no party affiliated must prove that they are in fact qualified. Whereas in fact, the states take the position that if the Republican or Democrat party says that you're qualified, that is good enough for the Secretary of State as written in the document that I presented when the question was of the Secretary of the State of Florida, What's your position on candidates qualified for the president? And they took the position it is not their responsibility, but the responsibility of the, re the political party, other dependents or non-qualified individuals. So we made the argument against this with the grievance that we filed. If, in fact, then, that you're taking the position that an individual who is a Democrat or Republican need not prove that their citizenship is naturalized and they are in fact born as a naturalized citizen, you're going to allow a candidate to fraudulently submit documents that they are running for a political office, President of the United States. They're going to collect money from these donations running for president. They're going to be in debates television, and Rubio currently, I guess, is around 4 to 5% versus the other 580-some candidates, which nobody speaks of, 90 of which are Republicans and 60 of which are more are Democrats. So then we said, what if Rubio was, in fact, understanding that he is not qualified? This was based on the fact that at his time of birth in 1971, his father and mother both still held Cuban citizenship. 
when Rubio was born in Florida. Rubio's parents do not file for naturalization paperwork until Rubio is four years old. Thus, if we look at only Donald Trump's comment that he made recently concerning immigration, that an anchor baby should lose their citizenship, that would be constitutionally correct. Under the case of Rubio then, who was an anchor baby, whose both parents were not naturalized, he thus could not have or nor be an American citizen unless he filed his documentations at a later age under the 1795 or the 1805 naturalization uh, requirements, which meant that he would have to file be a resident for seven years, at which time he would be a natural citizen and not, not a naturalized citizen. The difference between the two is one could go through the procedures, pay the petition under the immigration laws to the state because the federal government has no right to immigration. It is not mentioned in the Constitution. Thus, it belongs under Amendment 10. And under Amendment 10, anything that is not in the Constitution belongs to the state. Rubio and any and all other individuals, to include Cruz in Texas. And by the way, we did send this statement of grievance to all 50 states, all 50 governors, all 50 secretary of states, and to the Democrat and Republican Party senators. We're taking the position that the unjustly manner of which the multimedia has picked up on candidates that are Democrats and Republicans unjustifiably have put a burden on the independent and no party affiliated candidates because of the fact that we have to prove the fact that we are American citizens, or in my case in 2012, I had to submit my own electoral votes in order to show that I have a group of individuals that supported me for the President of the United States. However, Tallahassee lost these, uh, this envelope with these signatures in it, and within two days after the cutoff date, I'm notified that I cannot qualify nor be on the ballot. So we went into the whole scenarios and we, we came to the conclusion that under the U.S. Constitution and also the Florida Constitution, Rubio had until April to continue his facade for running for the president in the United States. However, in April 2016, Rubio could withdraw his paperwork and resubmit it running for the United States Senate. Now, even though he probably could not use the funds received as donations for the president because of the different federal office as a United States Senate, he would, however, have gotten all of the press and exposure and television and multimedia uh, calls, lectures, debates, as we've already seen, which would mean that he fraudulently was accepting donations and the mass media was supporting this facade. I decided that this was not in the best interest of the United States. And as a candidate for United States Senate in 2016, 
and as the president and CEO of Citizens for a Better America Incorporated, in addition, the party lines that we are now submitting, which is called Citizens for the Better America Party of Florida, and by 2016, Citizens for a Better National Party, it has come to our conclusion, our opinion, anyone running for President of the United States should not be on a ballot or should not be campaigning nor submitting documents for any office that they are not qualified for. So in the case of Rubio, his first submission of paperwork for President of the United States should be the Secretary of the State of Florida, the Secretary of State of the other 49 uh, states, and also the, the U.S. Department of Justice, who by the requirements of the Constitution and also the requirements of how do you prove that you're qualified, you have a right to be reviewed by the Department of Justice. In our 11-page document that we submitted, which can be found on www.cfabamerica.com, which is an acronym for Citizens for a Better America, we not only provide the addresses of the major players in the state of Florida, we also provide the address and the information concerning the Department of Justice. Furthermore, we have written this document with much redundancy. We did this because we wanted to make a point of the fact that there are a great majority, over 99% of the Democrats and Republican parties, the Secretary of the States of all 50 states, and also other political organizations to include the Libertarian Party, who have now violated the antitrust laws. The reason why and how they have done this is because now there's a one agenda of all political parties. Just as Marco Rubio and Cruz are not being chastised or challenged for their citizenship and being able to run for the President of the United States, based on the fact that they believe, that the states believe, that the political party is the individual, and I call an individual because all political parties are incorporated, and because of their incorporation, they are an individual according to the laws of the United States, that these individuals, political parties, can choose who is qualified or not qualified which goes against the United States Constitution. Now, as you know from other things that we have written to include immigration and other articles, and I know you're going to get into the conversation with Donald Trump, and I mentioned him a couple times. I want you to note that if you go to the website, www.cfabamerica.com, there's not one issue that one politician presented in the debate concerning the President of the United States that was not covered in its entirety several years ago by myself and members of our organization to include the topic of immigration. When Donald Trump or any other political party makes so, a comment... Real quick, uh, real quick, Dr. Tolbert, what I'm going to do now is we will get, we will get to that. Uh, but since we'll be on the topic of uh, Rubio, but I do want to get the, the opportunity for our panelist, Cindy, who is from Florida, 
kind of get a chance to chime in on uh, what you're saying uh, with Robio there. Let me go ahead and bring her in. I do see some other folks uh, in the uh, call. So give us, uh, if you'd like to chat, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. And I do see folks who are uh, already in the call. So if you'd like to chime in, push the one on the number dial and it'll let me know to come in just to get uh, your name and uh, where you're from. And then we'll get you on the air. So just push that one on your phone dial and uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk to you and then get you on the show. Uh, but let's go ahead at this time and get Cindy. Thank you very much, Cindy, uh, for coming to the show. How are you? Hey, I'm doing just fine. Um, <clears throat> welcome to the show. Um, I've forgotten your name now. <laughs> Dr. Tolbert. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I hope you can remember your your um, your place there with, talking about Trump because I'm extremely interested in hearing that. Let me go back to what you were talking about with Rubio. Um, and let me try to get straight what I think you were saying. What you were saying was that Rubio has until April of 2016 to prove that he is, uh, he doesn't have to prove that he is a United States citizen until, or a natural born citizen, until he gets to that point. Are you, is that what you're saying? No, what I am saying that in April 2016, Rubio will drop out of the uh, race for president. He will switch back to running for the United States Senate because, according to the Florida Constitution, he cannot run for both offices. So what he can do is drop out of for his run for the federal office of president resubmit his paperwork for the United States Senate and run for Senate. So any and all monies that he used up to this point for president will have gotten him the exposure for him to rerun for his own office. Well, let me ask you this. Is Do you think that the reason he's going to stop running for president is just because he's behind in the polls and doesn't think he can win, or is it because he thinks he's not a natural-born citizen? I think both of those are a true factor. But the problem even further uh, is complicated by the fact that the state of Florida will allow him to be on the ballot should he not drop off because they allow any candidate to be on the ballot that the Republican or Democrat Party says is qualified. The state of Florida does not challenge, and in the article that we have on the web, it shows the comments by the Secretary of the State of Florida says that they do not challenge the Democrat or Republican Party. I believe okay, so Rubio he's not qualified. I believe that he's going into this race only to secure his position for the Senate in 2016. What makes you think he would have trouble uh, real, getting reelected in 2016 as a senator? I believe the Tea Party and other groups are individuals who have listened to what he has had to say on immigration and also the fact that many of these candidates are supporting the amnesty program rather than the Constitution, and that Rubio himself has not provided constitutional uh, 
advice in any area that would support his being the senator again in 2016. I believe by the fact that he is going to be on the ballot as the senator after running for president debate, strengthening his position, and although running for Senate, he would qualify if we did not follow what Trump had said, was that anyone born in the United States as an anchor baby must reapply, and that would be a correct constitutional requirement. Rubio, in fact, at that point, could not even be the senator. So the political parties are taking a position of not following through or confirming citizenship of candidates that are even running for U.S. Senate because, you again, you must be a naturalized citizen, not a naturalized citizen. You must be a citizen and you must be a resident for seven years. If, in fact, is there, you're any... Is there any particular, uh, um, I don't know, statute, law, or whatever that holds the RPOLF, uh, the RPOF, the Republican Party of Florida... <laughs> The RPOF, is there any place, any person, any entity that would hold them accountable for not um, verifying the legitimacy of Rubio's campaign? Or are they just, they're just, they can do whatever they want. They have carte blanche. That's exactly correct. What happened is that currently there are only 10 states that the Secretary of the States of each of these 10 states are even looking at whether a candidate is qualified. If you read the article, we actually have an expert from the Secretary of the State of Florida who says it is not their responsibility to ensure that a candidate is qualified to be President of the United States when they put him on the ballot. However, okay. under... Constitution, there is a requirement of the Secretary of State. So the Secretary of the State of Florida is failing to do his or her job. Okay. Well, that's that's not odd because she, she's a, a Republican. Um, but that's anyway, let, let me just ask you this. I, then when you were talking about that, the, another um, <laughs> another very dark, uh, you know, Robert. I am. Robert will tell you. I am the resident conspiracy theorist in, on this on this call run, right, Robert? <laughs> yeah, I'll and say I'll, sometimes maybe. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I got another. I have another conspiracy idea here. You tell me whether you think this sounds plausible. Do you know who Ron DeSantis is? No, I do not. Well, he is a very conservative. Uh, representative in the House, the U.S. House, out of Florida. He's my district. I voted him in personally. <laughs> anyway, um, Ron DeSantis has proven himself to be a very worthy conservative up there. The type of conservative that Trey Gowdy is, that Ted Cruz is over in the Senate, okay? Could it, our RPOL, our RPOF, is Rhino City here in Florida, okay? Could they have orchestrated this? Because now that Ron DeSantis is running for Senate in Florida, okay, take Rubio's seat, because Rubio is is uh, going for the presidency. 
Ron DeSantis has filed to um, run for the Senate seat that Rubio had. Could they be getting Ron DeSantis out of the House because he's going to have to resign? They're going to get him out of the House and then Rubio quits the presidential run, goes back to running for Senate, and now DeSantis has nothing because he won't beat Rubio here. I think the answer, the answer to your question goes back even farther that when the original list of candidates who are currently running to include the um, lieutenant governor of Florida, who has now put his name in the hat, and also other individuals besides myself, and I'm running for, of course, the United States Senate, that they are well aware of the game of politics. And by doing what they're doing and then dropping Rubio's name back in there because of the fact that he can legally put his paperwork back in and drop out of the presidential race, this is going to hurt not only the individual you mentioned, but it will hurt all candidates, whether independent, non-party, Democrat, or Republican, because of the exposure Rubio is getting and the vast amount of money he's taking in on donations. Now, I'm being challenged for donations and filing of paperwork in 2014, whereas we did not take donations. And in fact, what we did is on a monthly and weekly basis, we had to submit by computer as the treasurer waivers saying we don't need to file a report because we didn't take any money in, and we're being challenged on that standard. Now, here we are, we're saying... Why aren't you challenging an individual who's not qualified to be the president of the United States under the laws of naturalization, under Amendment 10, uh, 11, Amendment 14, Article 1, Section 9, Clause 1, Article 4, Section 4, Clause 2, and Article 6, Section 2, and and the clauses. And it goes on and on and on. Of course, we, we lay this out in redundancy, showing that Rubio was born in 71 and that his father, in fact, wasn't uh, a citizen until 1974. And that under the Constitution, and this is where we get back into the problem, the fact that Congress has not declared the people coming in this country illegal immigrants as invaders, Congress, nor the Supreme Court, nor the President of the United States has any rights or authority over the illegal immigrants. This was a decision made by the Supreme Court against a case filed by Arizona several years ago when Arizona tried to get $121 million. The Supreme Court ruled until such time as Congress declares illegal immigrants an invasion, the states are responsible for any funding or other protection of the borders of the Constitution. So here we are again where Rubio would be an invader as an illegal immigrant, although his parents did file for residency. He was not born as as a citizen. Uh, He was born as a Cuban citizen. For that matter, there's no discussion. And I know you mentioned Cruz. You know, we have the same issue with Cruz. Cruz's parents arrive from Canada. They go to Texas. 
that parents both held Canadian citizenship and Rubio Cruz's father also held a Cuban citizenship. So at the time of Cruz's birth in Texas, he also was not eligible to be a naturalized citizen. I this thought he was actually born in real quick, real, real, real quick, real quick, Cindy, real quick, uh, Dr. Obama, you know, as you see some folks uh, listening in on the line, uh, just push the one on your number dial there on your phone, and they'll let me know whether you would like to uh, come in and chime in to our discussion. And if you're out there listening, just give us a call at 347-945-7428. Um, and then once I see that you'd like to chime in, uh, you'll hear from me doing some call screening and just to get your name and where you're calling from. Uh, so I do see uh, some folks wanting to get in, so I will uh, be with you shortly. Uh, but let's go ahead first. Uh, we, before we get back to the conversation, we'll go to you, Cindy, and then Dr. Tolbert, and then we'll get uh, to one of our callers. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and hear from the Patriot Journalist Network. You're not just listening to a show. You're part of the powerful voice of the conservative conversation on Blog Talk Radio. Nothing worthwhile has ever been accomplished without teamwork. PJNet invites you to help make a difference by adding your voice to the team grassroots conservatives working together to take our country back. To find out more, check out the PJNet hashtag and visit our website at PatriotJournalist.com. Let PJNet add our muscle to your hustle. And just like folks, check out the Patriot Journalist Network, uh, in which Bart's Logic Little Talk is a proud member at www.patriotjournalist.com. And so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Cindy, and then Dr. Tolbert. We will uh, bring it to you and then uh, to one of our callers. Go ahead, Cindy. Well, I, I, he was in the middle of a, of a point. I'm going to let him go ahead and finish the point about Cruz. Um, I thought that Cruz was born in, in Canada so that uh, he's just really a non-issue anyway. I don't know, even know why he's on the ballot, even though... Well, that is true. But what they did is that, yes, he was born in Canada. And their argument was the fact that his mother was from Delaware, and that would make him a U.S. citizen, which is untrue because she, in fact, went to Canada and he was born in Canada. And I'm retired, I'm military, I'm a retired master sergeant. I had one son born in Germany. The fact that I was in the military at the time of his birth automatically gave him citizenship and naturalization, even though he wasn't born on U.S. soil. So had, Rubio, had Cruz's parents, one of them, been involved as an embassy or member of the military, he could qualify to be president of the United States. However, since he was not and brought to the United States as a Canadian citizen, and he did not submit his paperwork to, to give up his Canadian citizenship until a couple years ago, he is absolutely not qualified. And the same is the situation with Rubio under a different uh, constitutional requirement, but taking him to the same thing the fact his parents did not become naturalized or become citizens until he was four years old, there are many Americans taking on a position and not being challenged that anchor babies are unconstitutionally been given citizenship. I know of many individuals who have came to America 
where neither parent are American citizens. They have a child, and at the time of birth in an American hospital, the United States government, the state of Florida, is issuing Social Security numbers and saying that these children are citizens. This is where Trump is correct. If you take the arguments Trump has and you look at our articles, and you have to be aware of the fact that we email every candidate running for president, every United States senator and governor, articles that are being discussed and debated. We debated these articles. Not one candidate that was in the recent debated was correct in what they stated on television during debate because not one of them had a constitutional background of I'm going to do this because when Trump or another candidate, Rubio or Cruz, mentions that they're going to do something about the IRS, they don't have the constitutional right to even mention that because it belongs to Congress. So here we are with a candidate, Rubio, who now is arguing that when he was the gang of eight, that there were some errors made. The error was that he wasn't even eligible to be the gang of eight to talk about immigration because of the fact that he is constitutionally incorrectly presenting himself as the president candidate of the United States. And the state of Florida and the challenge that I'm making and I'm trying to make and going to make with all 50 states and the Supreme Court is that there has to be clarification of what naturalized citizen is. The Supreme Court has never ruled on this issue. And that is the problem, is that the failure the Supreme Court has taken, actually the failure, but the, the position of the Supreme Court has taken, it's not up to their determination, yet the interpretation of laws belongs to the Supreme Court. They must take this issue on. We also sent them a copy of this letter asking them to look at it. Now, here we are. When the states last year filed a grievance against the United States basis, the, the Constitution uh, involvement of immigration, we were the ones that filed the documents first with all 50 states. 23 of those states, within five weeks of us sending them the Constitution, which states that immigration belongs to the state, and unless there is an invasion declared by the uh, Congress, that the state governor must himself guard his own borders. Within several weeks of us doing that, after Perry had requested the federal government to provide troops, Perry changed the course that he was doing. He called on his own National Guard, and said, we will defend our own borders. Unfortunately, they did it under the Commerce Clause and not under the Amendment 10. And uh, this, this goes on and on. Remember, this is all tied together. The Rubio's election for president, the issue of immigration, the issue of Amendment 10, immigration belongs to the state, the issue of people running for Senate, who do not have the best interests of the United States, where our forefather did not win anybody in position that didn't declare their allegiance to the United States. The fact that the President of the United States 
is now taken out of the swearing-in ceremony that an individual must declare his allegiance. The vast majority of individuals that are coming in is illegal immigrants. The loss of power under federalism of the United States, where the states are supposed to be the supreme decision-maker on what happens on every issue except defense, being foreign invaders, and commerce that did not go against a state's own rights. So education, highway, the uh, immigration programs, all of these belong to the state. So when you talk to a senator or when you present information or receive information, if that individual running for that particular office does not give you the constitutional basis for which that individual is going to go for or against a policy, that individual should not be elected to that political office. And this is what we've been saying since 2010, that any and all individuals who are competing for an office and the power of the Senate, you have to remember the power of the Senate is greater than the power of the president. The Constitution clearly states that all laws are made by the Congress, that the executive branch, through the executive orders, can only enforce that laws given by Congress, and the Supreme Court can only interpret those laws. So we have a failure of the Supreme Court under the Amendment 14 that they ruled upon, and the the misrepresentation of the ruling versus the First Amendment right of freedom of, of, of religion. We have the state violations by all state governors, the Secretary of the States, the federal government, the Congress in violation of Amendment 10. We have the education violation where education belongs to the state and how now uh, even uh, Jeb has taken a position we need to keep it in the state, but yet he is the one who wrote articles and in pushing forward Common Core, which is a socialist educational group of individuals who want to go to the one world power. That would take your conspiracy theory. 34 of your presidents to include Bushes and Obama are related by blood. Obama through his mother to the Bush family. Rubio is a Mason. Four of your presidents who were related by blood were also Masons. We'll take that a step farther. They were also belonging to the Illuminatis. We can take that a step farther. The Jesuits, which owns the Federal Reserves and also a part of the group of Illuminatis, and the Masons. So if you want to take the conspiracy theory, you want to take the press, which is owned by the Democrat-Republican Party, you want to take the voting machines in Florida and how 14% or 1.4 million were manipulated because the voting machines are owned by Rubio's son, not Rubio's son, Romney's son, and the, the actual company is registered in the state in the country of Venezuela. So if we take every item and we put it together and we look at a conspiracy theory, forget the conspiracy theories. It's, is it by chance? that Rubio is running for President of the United States knowing full well that he's not qualified? Is it by chance that the Congress has not declared invaders any and all illegal immigrants? 
I was talking to people today about their 11 million uh, immigrants who are here and, illegally. And, and, and Dr. Tolbert, let's go ahead and we'll, and we'll get back to that. I want to bring uh, another call, uh, caller in, and if you'd like to uh, be on the show, uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428. And if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on our number dial. And for those who are new to the show, uh, let uh, you know, and Susan, I believe, uh, will find this out as well. Is that what you're, once you're on the show, uh, unlike a lot of talk radio shows, uh, that, you know, you get your five, ten minutes being on and answer some questions or ask some questions and get some answers from our guests or our panelists. And then, you know, they say, well, thanks for coming to the show. Call back and good night or goodbye. Uh, we don't do that here. We want you to call into the show. And if you'd like to stay on the line and become a part of our roundtable discussion, uh, and stay with us for the remainder of the show. You're more than welcome to do that. And I have to host, try my best at least, to try to bring things back around as fairly as possible uh, to get people in, to get more say uh, into the show and to get more contributions from them. And I do see uh, some other folks that like to chime in. And when you do, uh, I will be giving you a call screening there. Just get your name and uh, the state you're from. Uh, we'll, we'll get you into the show. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring Susan from Idaho in. Uh, thank you very much, Susan, for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Hi, I'm fine. Thank you. I'm going to make you into a voicey fan yet, by the way. I'm sorry? I said I'm going to make you into a Boise State Bronco fan if we keep this up. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. I know that high, I don't know what sport that is, to be honest, but I'm going to uh, – or football. sports. Football. Uh, I know the football – well, I know high school football is coming up. And so I'm getting, I'm very excited about that because I love high school football even more so than pro um, and definitely more so than college. So I'm looking uh, forward to that. Um, and so, of course, another note, folks, if you are a new to the show and new to here on Blog Talk Radio, there is a way that you can get uh, periodic email updates by uh, going to the little follow button here on that Blog Talk Radio, and uh, you can become a follower of the show. And also, you can find us on Facebook. Just search Bard's Logic Political Talk. Of course, you can also check out a list of the guests we've had on the show by going to www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, as well as go to the contact page uh, where you can contact me, the host. And also, if you're a Twitter user, uh, you can uh, tweet out that you're listening to the show and just use the hashtags. We use uh, PJNet, and that's for the Patriot Journalist Network. Uh, as well as the hashtag, there's two more. Uh, for Bard's Logic Political Talk, of course, just use the BLPT. Uh, and then we also have HE3. And maybe at some point I'll explain what H, uh, capital H, and small e, and 3 stands for. Uh, so if folks do that, uh, if you are Twitter users, uh, just use those hashtags that you are listening to, Bard's Logic with the hashtag and just tweet it out to your followers and I'd really appreciate it. So let's go ahead and bring it back over to you, uh, Susan. While I do a little call screen here uh, as one of my host duties. Go ahead, Susan. Thank you. I, um, I have a little book for him. A conspiracy is not a theory. It's a lie. All right. Now, but now I'll move on after saying that because I get this a lot about conspiracies. Jesse Ventura and his show. Oh, it's just blah, 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 blah. Well, it's a lie. That's what a conspiracy is. It's a lie. Um, now, what I am, I believe Cruz is legal. I believe Rubio is not. But that being beside the point, we have other problems, other fish to fry that go along with it. 
Did you know at least 29 members of Congress are Israeli citizens? They are, they have dual citizenship and no other country in the world allows members of its national government to be a citizen of two different nations at the same time, except the United States. Did you know that? Actually, the United States does not recognize dual citizenship and a lot of other countries do recognize it. If well, you... from the Constitution Club, I've, I've said, He's got it right on here, and he's listed the all the representatives. Gabriel Giffords of Arizona was a dual citizen. Um, uh, that's just one example. Um, Steve Kagan of Wisconsin. The different ones have lost their seats, but these have all been, so they were allowed to be members of our uh, Congress, even though they had dual citizenship which is a violation of our constitution yes exactly it should not uh, it should not be allowed they should have to drop it debbie wasserman is a dual citizen how do you like that well the problem again is if the american people refuse to get informed there is nothing it's i've i've talked to a lot of people who have taken the position if Cruz or Rubio, whether they're legal or not, get on a state ballot, and remember the states, currently there are 40 states that are not challenging the qualification of an individual running. And if the majority of that state votes for this illegal candidate, then that illegal candidate is then forwarded to Congress to sign off on the fact that that individual is a president. This is all in violation of the Constitution. When a Secretary of the State, the Attorney General of the 50 states, does not, does not ensure the qualification, the time and place of a candidate that's on the ballot, it is the state under the federalism who has violated the Constitution. It further goes into the fact that Congress has the one that's committed treason by allowing members of Congress to hold dual citizenship. But that challenge first begins at the state level. So when a state says, did you give your allegiance to the United States and do you hold only one citizenship and they don't ask that question, you have to challenge the division of elections in Florida or the division of election in the Secretary of State of every state. The American people and I've been told this numerous times that I will not win an election because nobody wants to hear about the Constitution. And I'm saying if you don't know the Constitution, you will end up to be another Venezuela, another Cuba, another country that has been undermined by immigrants and individuals who wants to take you to a one-world power. Well, there you go. I believe that there is a day in September, I'm trying to find it desperately, that is constitutional that the teachers are supposed to actually be teaching it on that particular day. And I can't find it right now, but I I believe it's there. So yeah. I the emails on that. Oh, share this website with every parent teacher in America. Um, and... Uh, if this is so, 
than uh, it's called the Liberty Tree Project. But um, we celebrate on September 17, 2015, the 228th anniversary of the signing of the Constitution of the United States of America. This website was created to provide teachers across America. With a website, they can use teachers, students about the Constitution and the principles of liberty. And so they want to share, have you share that with teachers and parents. And having said that, I'm also a doctor of education. I didn't get my doctor degree until 2010. I failed the first, second grade. I'm a high school dropout, retired master sergeant. I'm a pastor, and I wrote articles on Common Core and went against Common Core before most people even heard of it. So the fact that the school system believes in uh, No Child Left Behind, the new Amendment 17, the fact that no one is uh, going against the fact the federal government has no right to intervene in education at all, that it belongs to the state. What we need is all the principals, district school supervisors, and teachers to stand up and refuse to go along with the invasion of the federal government taking away our rights under a federalism. They're trying to make us a republic rather than a federalism and a democracy. We have to remember that the state's power, in fact, if any one state went against the Supreme Court, they have the right to deny to allow anything to happen. If 10 states out of the 50 states went against it, they can force the impeachment of a Supreme Court individual who went against the Constitution. No one's doing it. True. That side is still wet. So okay. So let's go ahead and let's go ahead and bring it back uh, to you, Cindy. And uh, we do have uh, Ron from California on the line uh, who'd like to chime in. We also have Nathan on the line from Florida who would also like to chime in. And we will get you both in, gentlemen. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Cindy. And then we're going to hear from Ron, and then after Ron, we'll bring it uh, back to uh, you, Susan. And, of course, in between uh, each of our uh, panelists and get, uh, audience members, uh, we will bring you in uh, for comment and response uh, for our guest, Dr. Tolbert. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Cindy. Okay, well, today I was I, – I went to um, old – Trump speeches from back in before the 2012 election where he was considering jumping into that race. And, um, you know, he was the whole birther issue was the big thing. That's, that's the reason they were all poo pooing him and, you know, um, you know, saying Trump didn't know what he was talking about and everything, um, about Obama, you know, and calling him a birther and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I was listening to, I wanted to hear what he had to say on the issues last time around. And guess what? He sounds almost exactly the same. If if it hadn't said on there, if the, if the, the, the titles underneath, subtitles underneath hadn't said that it was 2012, I would have sworn that it was just yesterday that um, he gave these interviews. And, um, He's been solid the whole time on everything he's been saying. He does not back down. And uh, in true Trump form, he did not ever back down on the birther issue. 
Um, now, he, he eventually he stopped going on and on about it because he could see that there was some nefarious pers- uh, some nefarious uh, agenda behind it, you know, allowing him to continue on even though he was not a citizen. And uh, so he just kind of dropped it, I guess. But um, basically he's been saying all the same things, uh, whether it's economy, whether it's uh, the Chinese, right to life, um, not raising the debt ceiling, all those things that he's talking about now, he was talking about back then. In fact, I think he was even more detailed back then than he is now. And uh, I wish people would go to his older interviews to see what he's about. But um, uh, Well, I think he's not going to go to that until he has to. My, myself, uh, uh, Cindy, I think that he's uh, you know, holding back on giving a lot of substance. I've heard a lot of people uh, you know, say, well, I want to hear some more substance from Trump. And I think if he sees his numbers go down a little bit, then he'll start giving us more substance. But right now, I don't think he uh, he needs to give yeah, that meat away uh, yet. Yeah, he's holding like- the ammunition. You know, he he yeah. knows when he, he knows all about timing. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like, I'd like keep to keep it powder dry, as they say. Yeah, go ahead. Can I make a comment, over? Yeah, Donald Trump mostly has given his donations to the Democratic Party, and there's track records of that. He's also supported and given donations to most all the current senators. There's going to be a well, challenge. I think in the, think in the debate he explained why, that, on, why though. But so we have that audio clip, and I'll tell you. I'll, 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 I, yeah, I've got an audio clip, and let's go ahead, and, and since you brought that up, let me go wait, ahead wait, and let, find the audio. Let, let Dr. Yeah. Talbot finish that, that thought. Oh, yeah, go ahead, and, well, then I'll, and then I'll play the audio. Go ahead, Dr. Talbot. The question is, will Donald Trump, sign the allegiance to the Republican Party as what the Republican Party is requiring, saying that he will not switch to an independent or a other party while running for the President of the United States. Will he swear wow, his that's how, Go ahead. That's, that's one of the requirements that are being placed on him right now. If he switches... Much becomes, like in 2012, remember that, Cindy? When they did that, right. remember they did that to uh, people who have to pledge allegiance to Romney? Remember when they had people sign that in order to be, them to be allowed to be delegates? That's yes, what, they're doing that. what they're doing now for the presidential candidates. Remember, there's over 90 Republicans running for president. Now, what will happen if Trump switches to an independent, and we have 62% of Florida and the United States that are non-party or independents, these independents then will switch and vote Democrat. So if Donald Trump continues his course, does not swear allegiance, becomes an independent, this forces votes to the Democrat Party, which means a Democrat will win the President of the United States. Interesting. I have not thought of that. (laughs) Very interesting. (laughs) Very interesting. But now let me ask you this. Do you think he would do... What he says he's going to do, even though he is, he would run as a Democrat. He he will. He does not know the Constitution. He is spouting information and data based on the, what the public wants to hear. In every case where he says, "I'm going to do something by the IRAs," yes, he cannot because under I believe it's. Uh, 
Amendment 16. It's only Congress that can close and reestablish the IRS. What he says on education, he has no power because Amendment 10, it belongs to the state. He can do nothing under the amnesty or, or the citizenship or the anchor babies because immigration belongs to the state and Congress has to declare it an invasion before there can be a rewriting or a new law of any kind by the Congress. They have to group as Congress. The 100 senators have to establish that the illegals and immigrants are invaders. So when you hear Donald Trump speak... You know, he's, speak, not, the only one, he's not the only one who uh, was promising to do any of that. They're all claiming that they can do stuff like that. And let's face it, look what Obama's gotten done, and he's He's had no no help from the Congress. He's got it all and, done by himself. And and the one who committed, there's a petition, uh, Sally Baptist and a lot of other people are writing an impeachment of Obama based on what you just said because of his violation of writing executive orders. The problem is executive orders have no basis or legality. So the treason is really in Congress. Congress is the one who has established unconstitutional procedures and allowing Obama to do what he's doing, or in fact, the state governors allowing candidates to do what they're doing. So we have to understand that when we look at any candidate, there's 500 and some odd candidates, there's 90 some odd Republicans or Democrats, that none of them are taking the constitutional position. That if I was president of the United States, the first thing I would do is force Congress through discussions and talk and supporting the state's rights to override and to be in charge of their own states. That immigration has to go back to the state for determination unless Congress declares them an invader. Any candidate running for president today or for Senate that does not understand the Constitution should not be voted in. So if you have 300 and some odd million Americans and assuming 100 and some odd Americans are eligible to run and we'll take Florida, which has 19 million citizens, and now the 19 million, 11 million are qualified uh, to, to vote, and yet only 51% of Florida voted where the other states only had 36%. By the way, when you add my 14%, to the state average of 36, you'll find where my 14% went. It went to draw this facade for the governor campaign by the buttons that get pushed because we have no say-so. It's going to take a okay. major up by the American people to stand up and say they will not accept anything from the federal government anymore that they have to bring back the state rights. And, and, and that's let that. Me, let's go let ahead and move just, on. Wait, we'll wait, be able to, Cindy, me, I, I want to move. Wait, I want to move. I want to move please, forward because we got people I want to bring on, Cindy. Uh, hopefully, we'll get back. Hopefully, we'll get back to it. We've got. We still got a couple I hours. Get to one way or the other. What, what's that? Go ahead. I said I got to get okay. to this issue one way or the other because there's there's something else to be said there. Okay. Well, what issue is that? About about um what 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 Trump or any other president can do um as far as abolishing irs or 
you know. Um, uh, and, yeah, and we'll and we'll talk. Yeah, and I've got audio on what the on what the candidate said about that. But let's go ahead and bring up. Uh, here's here's where we're going to do it, and hopefully we'll bring things back. We got tons to talk about, and we got plenty we can play, and hopefully we can get it back. But I want to be able to bring some more folks in. Let's go ahead and hear about the Trump on what he said about his business dealings, and then let's go ahead and bring Ron in, and then we'll continue our discussion. Mr. Trump, you talked a lot about how you were the person on this stage to grow the economy. I want to ask you about your business record. Trump corporations, Trump corporations, casinos and hotels, have declared bankruptcy four times over the last quarter century. In 2011, you told Forbes magazine this, I've used the laws of the country to my advantage. But at the same time, financial experts involved in those bankruptcies say that lenders to your companies lost billions of dollars. Question, sir, with that record, why should we trust you to run the nation's business? Because I have used the laws of this country, just like the greatest people that you read about every day in business have used the laws of this country, the chapter laws, to do a great job for my company, for myself, for my employees, for my family, etc. I have never gone bankrupt, by the way. I have never. But out of no, hundreds no, of deals, the, sir, excuse me, that's your excuse line, me. but the, your company has gone bankrupt. Out of what am I saying? Out of hundreds of deals that I've done, hundreds, on four occasions, I've taken advantage of the laws of this country, like other people. I'm not going to name their names because I'm not going to embarrass, but virtually every person that you read about on the front page of the business sections, they've used the law. The difference is when somebody else uses those laws, nobody writes about it. When I use it, they say, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. The fact it's, is, I built a net worth of more than $10 billion. I have a great, great company. I employ thousands of people, and I'm very proud of the job I did. Again, Chris, hundreds and hundreds of deals. Four times I've taken advantage of the laws, and frankly, so has everybody else in my position. Well, sir, let's just talk about the latest example, which is Trump Entertainment Resorts which went bankrupt in 2009. In that case alone, lenders to your company lost over a billion dollars and more than 1,100 people were laid off. Well, I let, Is that the way that you run the country? Let me tell about the lenders. First of all, these lenders aren't babies. These are total killers. These are not the nice, sweet little people that you think, okay? You know, I mean, you're living in a world of the make-believe, Chris. You want to know the truth. Sense to leave Atlantic City, which, by the way, Caesars just went bankrupt. Every company, Chris can tell you, every company virtually in Atlantic City went bankrupt. Every company. And let me just tell you, I had the good sense, and I've gotten a lot of credit in the financial pages. Seven years ago, I left Atlantic City before it totally cratered, and I made a lot of money in Atlantic City, and I'm very proud of it. I want to tell you that. Very, very proud of it. So, and by the way, this country right now owes 19 trillion dollars and they need somebody like me to straighten out that mess yeah so yeah i was trying to find the clip where he talked about how he gave to because you, you brought up how he gave to the democrat party and i remember during the debate trump said you know i'm not quoting uh but he said something like well yeah i mean i've given the politicians and you know, business folks give to politicians, and then the politicians 
uh, do what you want. That's why the system is broke. He goes, you know, I know the system's broken because I've taken advantage of the system and I know how the system works. And so let's go ahead and bring in. I'll try to find that audio. I thought I had it, but uh, perhaps not. But uh, while I do, let's go ahead and uh, bring in uh, Ron. Thank you very much. And he's from California. So, Ron, thank you very much uh, for calling to the show. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, and I'm enjoying the conversation here. You guys are great. Um, this is real exciting uh, to hear all the various topics and the, you know, comments from the um, guests that you have on there. And um, just so you know, I'm running for California State Senate District 23, which is Riverside and San Bernardino counties, and we have about a million five hundred thousand people in our counties. I'm running as a Democrat. And um, I just wanted to tell you why I'm calling you. I know it's a Republican show, but I just thought this would be really well, I'm interesting. I'm say Republican is much a conservative, uh, grassroots conservative, but go ahead. <laughs> okay. That's okay. I thought you'd really get a kick out of this. That's what, what prompted me to call you. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, I, I attended the California Convention, the Central Committee uh, Convention in San Francisco over the weekend. And um you know, I'm on the California State Central Committee, and I've appointed three other people to be on that committee, uh, Central Committee. And um, I've had more fun, honestly, after three days there at a funeral. I just thought you'd like to know. Um, I couldn't believe wow. what what just happened up there. And I'm, I'm just telling you guys what's really honestly happening. Um, there were no candidates for president at the convention. Um, none of them. There were, Pelosi didn't show up. Governor Jerry Brown, Democrat, didn't show up. Um, no um, members of high office in California showed up. It was pathetic. And I'm sitting there wondering, and I'm 65 years old, I'm a senior citizen, um, wondering why. Boy, this is scary. I mean, I understand that there were other things going on across the country. But I would think that, you know, maybe Hillary would, you know, with the $60 million budget she has, hire someone to go in and just set up a booth, you know, Hillary for president. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Or, or you know, something like that. Nothing. It's it's just pathetic. So it's kind of scary in a way. Um, the lackadaisical attitude or, or the lack of enthusiasm, just the lack of even anyone giving a damn about California. Um, and it, it just leads me to believe that they think that they've got California in the bag. And I'm here to tell oh, you they I don't. So. They don't. Let me tell you what. The people that walked away from that convention all know what I'm telling you. And it was just, that was the conversation. You know, after the, the, the meetings, you know, everybody kind of meets at the bar or they meet at night and they sit around and talk. And the, the real discussion in the leadership of the party was about why isn't anybody here and what are we doing here then? We're here to support who? These people that didn't even give us the time to show up? So there's mm -hmm. a lot of dissent here in this state. Um, and I mean, I saw almost fist fights but because wow. there were a couple, yeah, a couple of Hillary supporters and other people would say, we're not, you know, I'm going to support Hillary until she explains two things, Benghazi and Benghazi. And when she gets past <laughs> that, 
then we're going to discuss it. And well, then, you know, this almost started flying. I'm not kidding you. Because, you know, they've got too much at risk. But they didn't represent Hillary. They were just um, long-time little Democrats, you know, that don't know why they are. They just are probably because they have a job. And they'll lose their job if she loses. But, but you know, that's probably where Probably a government support. job. Yeah, a government job is what I'm thinking. I didn't get the guy's name. Uh, you know, I just kind of like, you know, kept my head down. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm just saying. Um, this was your state convention? Yeah, mm-hmm. for the whole state. Oh, wow. In San Francisco, right? And, uh, uh, yeah, it, it was, in San Francisco, no doubt. You'd think somebody would have showed up. You went to, went to though. <laughs> you know, not Feinstein, not Pelosi, not Jerry Brown. Um, none of them. That's one of the reasons I called. And the second reason I called is I'm watching these debates. I'm watching the Republican debates, okay? Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, we haven't had any real Democratic <laughs> debates yet. But, you know, watching your candidates, and I'm calling them yours because I can see it's a Republican show here. And that's fine. You know, we're all talking to each other. We're all Americans first. But one thing I yeah, noticed yeah. that I noticed here that really is screaming at me, the silence is screaming to me, is we've had Mm -hmm. over 12 million American homeowners, people like you and me, evicted from their homes and foreclosed on in the last six years. Not one candidate mentions the plight of the American people. Now, that's my whole campaign, is we're anti-bank. We're going after the banks for illegal foreclosures, um, because we seem to think that the $5 trillion that the American taxpayers gave the banks was actually supposed to help homeowners stay in their homes. Yet they're spending that $5 trillion on vacations, and uh, they're investing in foreign countries with our taxpayer money, which I can prove to you, okay? Mm-hmm. But that isn't even being mentioned, not by no, it's not on the radar. No, it's not on the radar, not by Democrats not by any of the Republican candidates, not one of them. And I love no. listening to Donald Trump. I do, because the guy's really entertaining. Besides being smart, <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and um, he's got a good mind, you know, financially. But he's, he must know about this. And if he doesn't, then he should. Because what we're tracking down is that $5 trillion. We want an accounting for the quantitative easing of American mm-hmm. taxpayer dollars, and I don't hear anyone anywhere except for me screaming as loud as I can about it. Ron, you and sound all, like one of us. Well, that's what everybody keeps telling me out here. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's why that's what they're not going to vote for me here for. I'm probably going to lose because of that. Because I'm also, well, I don't you know, know. You, 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 you know, maybe they're disgruntled enough. They'll, they'll be thinking about you now. Well, I'm going to at least get it out there. See, because I'm also for gun control. My my idea for gun control is take all the guns from the criminals and the drug dealers and the gangs and give them to homeowners because we're going to need them. Oh, I love it. Total gun control. Yes. When they ask me, am I for gun control? Are you I say, sure you're that's, a Democrat? That's what I've been asked. <laughs> I know, but I'm an American. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody. Yeah. There you go. Then, then if I want to be a Republican or a Democrat, that's secondary to me. But I support our military, which doesn't seem to be on the radar either. Um, and and the, the issues that really matter aren't on our radar. Mm-hmm. I want to know what 
Who stole our money? Who took it overseas? Where is it overseas? Because we'll go get it. Tell me where $5 trillion is. I know people I can hire right now. Go pick it up. That's a joke. Yeah, let's pick up $5 trillion. That'd be nice. I know people to go get it. You know what I'm trying to say to you? I know people. I that I could just make, drop a dime and say, "There's five trillion over there. Would you come with me? We're gonna go get that money." Hey, yeah, um, get some did, you, had, did you see the Did you see the movie um, Fast and Furious Seven, the last one? No, I haven't. Honestly, well, I, if you, I, I if love you that series. That, yeah, if you watch that movie, you'll see where all that trillions of dollars went. Well, <laughs> I didn't get any. Oh, they talked the about the. I don't know anybody that got any. Does the movie tell you anybody you could just go over to us and say, hey, did you get some of that money? <laughs> Not no, me. I know. No, you know, if, I know. If, if, yeah, if they would give the American citizens some of that, you know, the, the money, if they would have given it back to us, think what we could have spent on to uh, for the economy, to spur the economy along instead of giving it to these businesses, instead of giving it to the businesses, the car industry, things of that nature, foreign countries, hey, give it back to the American people and let them spend it. And as you said, uh, Ron, uh, to put it on saving their homes. Well, see, here's, here's, I don't know if you have time to hear me out on this. Do you have another minute? Okay, yeah. here's what Oh, gosh, you've got another hour and a half. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, then we can talk a minute. <laughs> Good, that takes the pressure <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, you try oh, to yeah, get everything in. Oh, yeah, we've got plenty of time. Talk to three-hour show. <laughs> sound bits, you know. You've got to get in, in a sound bit. But um, most of the time nah, we're on a radio show. Bites. Yeah, um, well, just to make a long story short, I'm going to make it as simple as I possibly can. First, I have a bachelor's degree in economics and a doctorate degree in law uh, from 1978, and I taught in colleges, real estate law, principles, practices, economics, finance, and appraisal all my life. I have a lifetime teaching credential from the California Department of Education, so I'm not blowing smoke out my butt here. That's what I want to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know how you get people that get on a show and they don't know what they're talking about. Well, honestly, I have a little bit of background in this topic, which is, you know, the study of the uh, economics. Uh, my grandmother thought when I told her I was going to economics school, she said, I could have taught you how to cook. I said, no, Mom, you don't get it. Grandma, um, it's a study of money. And she said, why do you need to study it? Just go earn it. You know, well, you need to study it because... That Congress that we have in there, they're only there because they want to control what we call the United States taxpayers' checkbook. Yep. And that's the only thing. They're not there because they love us or they love any. They want that money. They realize somewhere along the way that they can get their hands on $2 trillion a year is what's uh, collected in taxes in this country. Did you know it was that much? Yeah. $2 trillion a year. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been giving away $1 trillion of it without even looking at the budget, just in quantitative easing. That's right. awesome and, and number. borrowing that much more. But, well, yeah, and it's unaccounted for. Right. Quantitative mm-hmm. easing. Okay, who, were, who received the checks is, is my accounting background. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm just making it real simple. If there's a check written, it has to be cashed by someone. Right. Who, and we're entitled to know. It's not a secret. This is taxpayer money. It's like, you know, any other dime that's, that's spent by taxpayers, 
that budget is accountable and reportable except for this budget called quantitative easing. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Um, Alan Grayson from Florida, okay, called. he went to the Federal Reserve uh, meeting and, and he said, look, we're missing a total of $9 trillion at their uh, annual meeting. And he was talking to the head of the Federal Reserve Board at Office of um, um, Special um, Investigations for them. And their, their job is to report where the money is. And here we have a senator, Ellen Grayson, uh, asking him, do you have an accounting and the, for $9 trillion? And the woman said, no, we have not begun looking at that yet. How can that? And I have a video of that if you'd like it. Wow. Well, I certainly do to the, uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, go ahead and, uh, you could contact me with the, uh, and I think I already sent me, uh, an email, I believe, I believe, uh, you sent me a, a message, uh, from the contact page. Uh, so yeah, the, yeah, you send it to the same contact. Well, I just want to just one more little item. Okay. That may or may not. And then we're going to bring uh, you in, Nathan, go ahead. Okay. Here's my last comment and then I'm going to get off the phone. Oh, you don't have to get off the phone. Well, one of the things, I don't know if you heard this part of the uh, uh, the way the show goes, uh, Ron, is we have here what's called our roundtable discussion. Now, if you got to go, oh. we understand, uh, but you don't oh, have I can to. Listen on the, on the, I can listen on the computer. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I can come yeah, back you can on. Do that. I can come back on. Oh, yeah, you could do that as well, um, because what we do here is our roundtable discussion. I try my best to try to bring it back uh, to the folks who stay on the line so we could try to get as much equal uh, time for everybody uh, as as you like. So we do uh, offer for folks if they want, they can stay on the show afterwards or or definitely you know call us back or what have you. But just a programming note: at the top of the next hour, no one will be able to call into the show. The show will still be uh, going. I see. Uh, basically on okay. the podcast. Uh, but uh, for folks out there, if they'd like to, uh, they only got about thirty six minutes to do this. So if you want to be a part of the show, give us a call at three four seven nine four five seven four two eight. Or if you want to hear uh, or listen to what we call the extended period, or sometimes lovingly Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, give us a call before <laughs> then. Or yeah, unfortunately, we'll be able to do that. Yeah, sometimes we get funny and maybe a little naughty after the top of the next hour uh, in Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, which we, we sometimes call it, uh, which is our extended period uh, of the show, which is not live, but still is become uh, still does become part of the uh, podcast. So, so you can, you know, you can, uh, if you want to keep listening, you got to call in by twelve o'clock. Otherwise, the, the Eastern, chat right. on the computer, the the chat on the computer ends at twelve. Uh, but we continue on over the phone till one o'clock. All right. Now I'm going to make that last right. point before I hang up because this is really valuable. Okay. And by the way, everything we've discussed here at Bard's uh, show has not been discussed by. Any Democrat or any Republican presidential candidate, and there's a reason for it. I call it accounting and screaming silence. On September the 10th, 2000, and I think it was 2001, it was exactly that date, Rummy Rumsfeld stood on TV, NBC, CBS, I have a clip of this, and he said that there's $3 trillion missing from the Pentagon budget. Oh my God! I don't know this. 
Yeah, do you remember that? Oh, my gosh. I think I believe and I do. Next, yeah. Well, yeah, you do now. Wait, I'm trying to jog your memory. I know you remember. And, Try yeah. to remember. And and isn't Hillary supposed to be uh, somehow? She connected? wasn't in this game yet. That was Bush. Oh, the okay. next, that was 2001. And the next day, 9-11, Twin Towers, the Pentagon was hit. And uh, another plane went over Shanksville, and everybody says it just was out in the Pennsylvania woods. No, it was over Camp David, and that's why it was shot down. That's a fact. Hmm. And Building 7, it's no mystery. It was pulled because all of those buildings were uh, preset with demolition. So there was a real event that happened here, the takeover of the budget, the checkbook of the United States is what I'm saying to you. And now we're bringing up this accounting again. We want an accounting of who got, you know, trillions of dollars. And that's going to be the president. Whoever decides to do this and has the guts to do it is going to, if they can outlive it, will wind up being the president of the United States. Now, I'm too old for that or else I'd do it if I was 20 years younger. But we're going to find a candidate that's going to do this. We're going to find a candidate, whether it be Republican or Democrat or liberal or independent or call it whatever you want, conservative, that is not afraid of these people. There's well, do your you president. Remember, do you remember, Ron, that uh, John F. Kennedy made an announcement that he was uh, going to get rid of the Fed and very mm-hmm. shortly after that said, I also have some information that I'm going to uh, reveal to you um, ab- about the world order. And um, promptly he was shot and killed like a week later. Exactly. I have that video also. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've been doing this research for 35 years. Uh, I, yeah. I, I was uh, 14 when John F. Kennedy was died. I remember where I was sitting. Yeah, that goes back to Robert, the Jesuit. The, uh, Robert, Federal you know... Who would have thought that a Democrat would come on and be a worse conspiracy theorist than me? <laughs> <laughs> well, well remember, yeah, that's the organic nature met. of the show, and that's why we say it's the grassroots, we the people show, because, yeah, we definitely yeah. have uh, a conservative theme, a conservative bend. I mean, we've had you know, even some Green Party candidates uh, on the show. Remember Paul Glover, he ran for governor of uh, Pennsylvania, uh, he was for the Green That's Party. Right, we, had a green, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had a couple of uh, Green Party folks on, which, you know, I kind of have some Green Party leanings myself. And we definitely, with our panelists, have, uh, you know, representatives from, from different, now all, you know, pretty much conservative or libertarian, uh, but a, a good mix. So at this time, yeah, uh, Ron, if you're able to, to call back in, just make sure uh, you could do it within the next half hour. And you're Wait, welcome, goes, uh, you let know, me just to that. Let me ask him a couple other things. I want to bring Nate, uh, Nate, Nate, before you do that, Cindy, I want Nate to know because he's been uh, on hold for a while, and I appreciate your patience, okay. Nathan. Uh, we are going to get you on, uh, and then go ahead, uh, Cindy, and then we're going to bring Nathan in. Sure. Okay, well, Ron, I just wanted to ask you, do you believe the polls that say that Hillary versus anybody, she's ahead right now? Absolutely not, from what I saw at the convention this weekend. I, don't, I didn't get to meet anyone that's voting for her. Okay. I just wanted to know. Except for the one guy who wanted to start a fight with me. It was, I'm telling you, I had more fun at a couple of funerals I've attended. It was like quiet. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't, I can't imagine um, 
what's going on with these people because I think they're all depressed about, you know, the Benghazi issue and the email issue and um, mm-hmm. the uncertainty about what, I mean, they see, you know, somebody crashing and burning. Mm-hmm. You know, well, there was not a, just... There was an, an... But there's an article in Real, Real Clear Politics, um, the 17th, uh, where, um, let's see, Newt Gingrich was being interviewed uh, on you know Fox News. I'm not a big Fox News fan, but I am a Newt Gingrich fan. Uh, but he was uh, on Greta, being interviewed by Greta, and he said, uh, you know, it's not Hillary that the Republicans need to watch out for. Um, she's not going to be the nominee. He says uh, the Republicans uh, should be more worried about Sanders. Well, I don't. I don't see Sanders winning either. Um, I, you know, I I really don't see a strong candidate right now. Um, I think we're going to see one show up. We we I don't I don't think we have anyone in the field that is winnable. Period. No, I have to you agree. Know? I'd have to agree with you on that. And I mean, and I don't see one in the, in the Republican <laughs> Party either. By the way, there is none in the Republican yeah. Party that's standing out. Although. Trump, uh, he's done it before. You know, he does his gig and his act, gets his free publicity, and then he says, ah, I quit. You know, yeah. he did it last time. I don't think he's going to quit this time. I mean, when I he didn't actually announce last time. That's what they said last, last time. time. Well, he didn't ever actually announce last time. Oh, he this did. Time he did. Yes, it. he did. He went this far last time and got all the I don't publicity. Remember, I don't remember him ever declaring last time. Well, he was back in, oh, my. Uh, 1998. I remember him getting on there and doing the same bit, same routine, dog and pony show. You know, let's see him get real and serious and talk about the issues that we talked about just on this uh, bar show. Then well, he's serious. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, I, he I gets up there and says, "I build a hotel here and I build a hotel there." And well, this is much <laughs> bigger than a hotel being built. He's advertising his next projects. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to yeah, see him talk no, no, about. I think it's. I think it's closer than any anything else that any of the other candidates have done. Uh, I agree, but it's early, yeah. and it's real early. Oh, very early. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and there still might be candidates. There still might be candidates on uh, the Republican side that might pop in. I'm hoping to hear from one in particular, and I think he could blow all the other ones out of the water. Frankly, um, well, how about really if we talk about a, the issues? Let's talk about 10 million. Homeless Americans caused by the banks that were right. given $5 trillion to solve the issue, and they walked with the money, yep. and we won an accounting. And there's, by the way, 10 million, 10 million more on the way. That isn't over. There's 10 million more people going to get thrown out of their homes. Ron, were you the one who sent me a, I got a link here. It's www.chasebankcrimes.com. Was that you? That's my lawsuit against Chase Bank. Yeah, we had 528,000 cases halted in federal court uh, just this last two weeks because Chase Bank was um, on on their you know cases that they were winning against credit card holders. They were Mm -hmm. um, pushing the tax liability onto the person that just lost their case in the. court case, and then they uh, demanded that they pay the taxes on the debt. When that was an illegal 1099-C filing, the Chase Bank 
crowd against 528,000 people, they've got almost a $500 billion tax credit, and that's why they don't have to pay federal taxes, because of fraudulent documents they're filing with the Treasury Department, which the IRS is a, is a division of. This is exactly the time. I definitely would like to talk about that, and we may even do... Uh, I, I may even, I think I may even already asked about this. Just, uh, let's go ahead and you know schedule a future show to talk about that because I really think uh, the people would be. I would love to. I would it. love to. Well, five hundred twenty-eight thousand people need to know. I've, I've got uh, I've got your num- your your number here from uh, the call screening. If you don't mind, I'll give you a call. Uh, you know, at least by this weekend or by the end of this weekend, we'll we'll set some up to have you on for that. Um, but let's go ahead and bring in Nathan. Uh, from Florida. Thank you very much, Nathan. I appreciate your patience uh, for coming on to the show. How are you tonight? Pretty good. Um, listen, this guy mentioned, I was listening here, I, 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 you said something, somebody said something earlier that got me on the line, uh, but it was a good conversation. He said something about his uh, convention and there was no politicians there. Um, listen, man, there is 585 people running for president. <laughs> these people up. Listen, these people, these people running for president are, are are we don't know who they are. And you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of people out here. You thank God for their heart, but they don't have what it takes as far as experience and education. But but there's got to be somebody out of over 300 million people in in America, not counting the uh, that's not counting the uh, probably 50 or 60 million. Um, uh, illegals, because after all, uh, 30 years, we're still here, and it's 11 million, you know. Uh, we got over 300 million population in America, and, and this is the same people or the same ones that keep being the answer. Yeah. This is yeah. sad. Now, what, I, what, <laughs> what, got me, what got me going is I'd heard uh, uh, your lady co-host had mentioned something that she doesn't believe out of Rubio and Chris. I mean, Rubio and Cruz, that, that Rubio, that, that Cruz isn't uh, illegal. Cruz is a dual, he was a dual citizen, and he gave it up right before he got in to uh, register to be a, and announced that he was going to be president. So he, he is not, now I'm, I'm not picking on anybody's candidates, but one of the things that keeps getting us in trouble, everybody agrees, we need to run all of these people out of Washington except for my congressman. And here's, <laughs> okay, but, but here's, here's why we're losing. Here's why we're losing. They keep teaching. They keep, they're not talking to our minds. They're talking to our hearts. And it's like a popularity contest. Ru, uh, Cruz, Cruz, i got to pick on him. Cruz did a 21-hour so, uh, uh, filibuster. Man, I'm gonna tell you what. People will scratch your eyes out if you disagree with him on Cruz, because he's fighting for us. But you know what? He yep. did a 21-hour cruise, and then immediately after, went and took a shower, came back for the vote, and voted for Obamacare. That is not only the congressional record, but you can get it uh, 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 C-SPAN documented. Yep. The vote call being called out. He sat there and voted for, and, and not just him, but a hundred percent of the con- uh, senators, Republican and Democrat. Yep has voted 100% with every one of Barack o- to confirm every one of Barack Obama's gay activist judges. I'm not getting into the issue. I'm getting into their consistency. 
then they stand up and and they go out and make political points about the the ruling that that uh, the courts are doing and and these we got to rein them in and, and Cruz himself said the first thing I do whenever I get in there whenever I become president is is I'm going to uh, write an executive order that that will relieve these people no, no he's already got according to Article One Section One it is Congress and like Dr Tober said Congress and senators who makes the law, not the judges. The judges do exactly what judges do. They evaluate. They put the mirror of the Constitution up to the case, and they either rule on it or they say, this got to go back to Congress because this is a bad law. Okay. Article 3, Section 1 says Congress is the one that calls the judges in on the carpet and, and announces to them, you can't do that or you're fired. So, so what? What is part of this is the people, and and uh, not being educated and knowing the Constitution, and that's why every one of these guys can get up there and say, the first thing I'm going to do is write an executive order, and people are like, well, I guess if he's going to do that, I'm going to vote for him, you know, and and we got to get people in the Constitution because it's it's uh, all, all they're doing is it's the same old people, you know, and. and in 2010, out of the 2009 uh, uh, um, uh, Tea Party movement, there was more than 30,000 30, citizens running for office across the country, 762 here in Florida. There was congressmen, uh, there, I mean, there was uh, uh, people from the medical profession, doctors, there was business people, there was uh, uh, upper-level uh, NCOs and and officers coming back from the war, and you know what? The same Republicans and Democrats got reelected because the, the Republicans jumped in front of the Tea Party movement and hijacked it. Because most of these people that woke up didn't know the Constitution, they didn't know the political process. All they know is their car got repossessed. They're worried about grandma's hip replacement, and they're wondering if their kids are going to go to college. And and so they got active, and they go to have a Tea Party, and after the second or third Tea Party, the Republicans were standing on the stage, you know. So, yeah. so I, I I don't know. It don't look good, but at some point, this is what I did in 2004. I made a vow as a Republican from 1978 when I turned old enough to vote at 18, and and from that point on, I was a Republican, not really knowing what I was doing until I went in the army and I started getting involved in the issues, and and then. Whenever I was got a computer in 2004, I started looking at the record, going and through these sites, looking at how they voted and listening to the the, the gobbledy crack that's coming out of their mouth, and and I, I switched to independent with a vow that I will never ever vote for any of these politicians, only citizen candidates, even though they might not win. But but you know what? That's what it's going to take. It really is. We can't we can't. Uh, it's, 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 these people are, they got something else going, and, and that's why they're not down here among the people. Well, only thing we see is the media between us and them. They're not, they're, they're, they're not asking the right questions. They're not debating the right issues. They're setting the tone, and, and like your show, you're sitting here talking about stuff that will never be a part of that discussion because it's all a popular, they're reaching our hearts. And not Let me ask you this. You, yeah. you got three. You have three citizen candidates that are up, you know, in the top ten right now: uh, Trump, Carmen, Carson, and Fiorina. Fiorina. 
Do you like any of those? Um, um, you know, I, I don't think I would vote for Trump because Trump. I mean, he just, he he's going to win. This, this is why he he won't make a pledge. I want to go back to the pledge. If you made a pledge to the to the Constitution, then you don't need to be making a pledge to the party or to a candidate or to any. Oh issue. wow! Well said. I mean, I mean, and this is like. Listen, I just got in a conversation with a guy, and and he cut me off on the show. So I called back, and because I told him I, we were talking. And I told him there is no political parties in the Constitution and there is no electoral college in the Constitution. And he cut me off, and then I, I cut the radio up, and he, he was sitting there saying that, you know, he didn't know what he was talking about. And he's basically reminding the people. So I called the call screener back, and I said, tell this guy I will bet him. He's a major talk show host. Tell him I will bet him his retirement account, okay, so he can show me the electoral college in the Constitution, and she asked me, have you ever read the, the Federalist Papers? I said, yes, ma'am. Uh, but you know what? When I went in the military, I didn't make an oath to the Federalist Papers, to anybody's speeches, to anybody's anything. I made an oath to the Constitution, and I set out to read the words in the Constitution because that there is what we are we measure everything by. You know, and that is what we got to get back to. There's a lot of stuff in the Constitution if you know, you might read it just like I, I, I know a guy that, out in California that teaches the Constitution, and he says back earlier in in America, whenever they had uh, only landowners could vote because they had a you know they were taxpayers and they had a stake in it. He said we need to go back to that, and I said okay, then you need to amend the Constitution because there is nothing in the Constitution that says that or that would produce or pr that that kind of experience. If you change it, change it. But don't don't just make up the rules and then say I swear to the Constitution, you know you, you're you're a liar and an oath. Listen, I can tell you a lie, but when I tell you a lie that when I've made an oath that you're saying at the bottom of the core of who I am, I can I can I can lie that deep. You you know no 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 don't don't even tell me don't even tell me that that, that, that you're looking out for me, you know. Let's go, well, Dr. Albert, Let's go ahead and bring it, Cindy. Real quick, Cindy. Wait, wait, wait. I had two people talking. I didn't hear either one of them. <laughs> and we hate to do that here. Go ahead. No, I just said go Dr. Ahead, Dr. Talbert. I wanted to hear Dr. Talbert's take on the last two guys, Ron and Nathan. Well, the first take is on the gentleman who is running Senate in California. He forgets that I'm no party affiliated. I made 200 meetings where Scott and Chris didn't show up. I traveled through the 67 voting districts. I wrote articles on mortgage manipulation in 2010 about the funding he says nobody will discuss or talk about. There is not, and I agree with Nathan, the candidates that are currently being talked about are not qualified because of their basis of constitution, but of the other 400 candidates that are not being talked about, there has got to be one individual in that group that is qualified. Uh, we've heard from Carson today, uh, his attitude toward things are not about the Constitution. He again made unconstitutional comments. We talked about Trump. He is not making constitutional comments. 
I think Nathan would probably go as far as saying that this is a dog and pony show. Uh, Nathan happens to be very comfortable on the Constitution. When it comes let's down go ahead to... And, go ahead, and I want to bring Susan back in, uh, gentlemen, so let's go ahead and, and, and finish that off, and let's bring back Susan uh, on and... There was a, a but there's a side note is if we're talking since we're talking about it and I, I rarely interject and folks who are familiar with the show know that this is true but I do want to interject uh, we did have a few weeks on uh, one of those candidates you're talking about and that was a uh, John Dumay who was on the show he's running for president 2016 I uh, can just check back in our archives uh, where I think we had him on two three weeks ago and also we had. Um, uh, a candidate running for you know he did run a, uh, in the primary Republican primary for the Senate against Mitch McConnell and that's Matt Bevin uh, but we know how that turned out and now he is running for governor of Kentucky and we've had him on a couple times on the show so you can check those archives uh, to hear both of those candidates so let's go ahead we'll finish uh, you know who I was speaking we'll, we'll finish with your comments and then I do want to bring uh, Susan back on go ahead sir. Uh, Nathan, I'm going to let you go from there, but the point is that I'm trying to bring everything that anybody states or talks about, there's an article already written on that subject about mortgage manipulation, immigration, violation of the Constitution, the fact that Congress is not taking on the responsibility. If any candidate will stand up and talk about the Constitution, that's the person you vote for. Otherwise... Just write them a letter and said, drop out of the race. Don't donate to them. And, and, and I'd like to add that in 2010, and, and, and uh, uh, this was led by another one of these celebrities uh, um, that was winning our hearts, Alan West. He was one who was real strong about, we're going to read the Constitution as soon as we start the new session out. We're going to pub have a public reading of it, and every time any issue comes up, we won't we'll stop before we get any get any further into the debate and and ask you know how it relates to the Constitution. Man, I'm gonna tell you what they got us excited. They did their public reading, and uh, Alan West uh, vote, uh, 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 voted on uh, several bills that he never or his staff never read. You know, and 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 then he goes from uh, going to these, and all of them did this. They got into the uh, town home meetings where they go and stand and talk to the people in a little hall someplace, and then that kind of got heated up, and 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 even Alan West uh, got got that wall of media between him and the people. He he doesn't answer questions from real people anymore. He doesn't show up. Um, you know, he just it's, it's, he's realized, you know, in order to get what you need done, you need to make create an image and not let anybody ask real questions that throws you off. So, so I'm 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 just all I'm going to do is vote for for real people, and if I never win, then that's fine. I live with my conscience. And, and I'm glad you brought you brought that up, and then I'm going to bring Susan in. Uh, is you know talk, talk about conscience. I know. You know, when we first started the show in 2012, um, it was in support of Newt Gingrich, and then we really followed the Republican primary, and then we followed into the uh, the general election. Now, one thing we did a lot of here is after the Republican uh, convention was follow a lot of uh, 
Constitution and Libertarian Party candidates, especially the Constitution Party. We had uh, their presidential candidate, and I did get the opportunity and, and pleasure and honor to, to meet the gentleman, uh, Virgil Goode, who was uh, on the Ohio ballot. He was on a number of ballots here in the country. And, you know, I, I, I to be honest, I voted for him. I voted for Virgil Goode for the Constitution Party, uh, and, and I make no qualms about it. And, and so, you know, but we had a lot of people who were, were getting upset with us because like, oh, well, you know, I vote for the Republican Party, blah, blah, blah. The Republican. I said, look, I said, you know, I'm voting my conscience. And I'm glad that that's why I'm glad you said that, Nathan. I'm voting. I'm voting my conscience. And I say you do it, too. If you feel the need to vote for Mitt Romney, uh, I said, but I can't rail on a guy for months saying how terrible of a, of a candidate he would be and, and for more than just political reasons. And then turn around and say, well, you know what? Eh, I'll vote for him. I, I just couldn't do that. He just didn't stand for my, you know, my values, my principles. And so how, in my opinion, I figured how principled would I be to to do that? And then, then a vote, you turn around and vote for the guy. So I, I didn't do that. But let's go ahead and bring uh, Susan uh, back on. I want her to be able to, to chime in and, and get any comments on anything that uh, was said here, as well as if she'd like to bring up anything uh, due to the conversation. But first, I do see folks that we only have about 10 minutes of the live portion of the show. So if you want to be a part of the extended period, or what we sometimes lovingly call Bard's Logic After Dark, uh, stay on the line because if we get disconnected uh, after the top of this uh, coming up hour, unfortunately, we'll not be able to come back to the show. Uh, however, we will be able to listen to the archive, which is on podcast. Uh, you can go back to the link here where you got to the show, or you can even find it on iTunes uh, as well. So there's uh, different ways to access the uh, podcast. We just say, you know, ask that you just share it with folks so they can hear and listen to the show and perhaps say what like what they hear and then decide to come in and uh, call and talk to us as well. Uh, so it'd be great to have folks and their friends uh, come in and listen to the shows. And of course, as you guys pointed out, we talk about topics here that you don't hear on uh, your mainstream, and I would even dare say a lot of your so-called conservative media. Uh, so definitely uh, <laughs> have that in, uh, you know, have that in here. And so uh, give us a call at 347-945-7428, that you have to do within the next nine minutes, or unfortunately, you will not be able to listen to our extended period. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Susan. Thank you very much uh, for your patience and uh, waiting for us to bring things back to you. And go ahead, Susan. Oh, okay, no problem. Uh, well, I enjoyed Robert, actually. I hope he wins in his uh, race there in California. Um, anyway, because I, I vote for a man, not a party. I don't, I don't like parties, and neither did George Washington. He didn't believe in parties. But going back to the immigration thing, which we were discussing that you have to, you can't do this or that, according to the one gentleman. Uh, yeah. But um, you know what? Dwight Eisenhower, and I didn't, there's things about him I didn't care for, reading about him, you know. Um, he, he he put a program into, how many of you know the name of his program that he put into operation? What? Does anybody know? The work program? Nope, Operation Wetback. Oh, okay, yeah, get, get round them up and send them home? Yeah, he, uh, yeah. he did it quickly and decisively. He had only 1,075 United States Border Patrol agents, and um, he they, they took ships and uh, different buses. They took them way back into the interior 
They didn't just drop them off at the border, and it works. You, you know, here's something. I got into a conversation with a guy today uh, by email I've been back and forth with. Uh, you guys probably heard of him, uh, Jim Gilchrist of the uh, uh, Minuteman. Yeah. This is something I've noticed when you talk to people up there. They're in a different mindset. Uh, Trump said something about, uh, you know, rounding these people up and sending them back, and, and he he wrote a little article on that, and he agreed with it, and he, he mentioned, you know, that just it, it would be better economically, and I sent him back just a short reply. It's costing us more than what we can pay, and he responded back, and he wrote... <laughs> All the list of, you know, the prison costs and the welfare and the hospitals, and he's going all down these, I mean, and he's putting a, a, a billion dollars or a million dollars or, you know, different prices by each one of them. And, uh, and I, that's how these people up there are thinking. I replied back to him, but the greater cost is not just the illegals that come here, but the citizens who've tolerated it and basically out of their you know, their leadership, you know, that rule of law has damaged the conscience so bad that, you know, that's the major, the major, let me move from this phone, that's the major cost. (laughs) It's the cost, literally, it has cost us our souls. Uh, It's cost us our souls. We've lost the idea of, 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 the, the purpose of the law, you know, the purpose of the law is to set the standard, and then and it corrects us when we fall short of it, and it restores us back. You know, it makes us productive, you know, good conscious type people. But but we've lost that, and 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 you know, this, I don't know if you ever heard the word reprobation. Uh, the synonym would be derelict. Okay, but reprobation is simply whenever my standard. Is my, my my experience is the standard. I run across the border, and I say, all I want is a better life. And then we're like, okay, I feel sorry for you, man. I understand, you know, and and yeah, I understand. I've you know, I've wanted a better life myself, you know. So it's like, no, no, no. You broke the law. We don't have a problem with immigration. We have a problem with enforcement. And and we got to live by that, or we lose our soul, and that's that's where we're at. Um, I, but I told him at the end of it, uh, the money part we can always print more money. You can't you can't save the souls once they're damaged that bad, you know. Well, we don't want to we don't want to be printing it. We don't want to be printing any more money either. Uh, I agree. So let's go ahead and bring up the bring it back to you, see if there's any more comments you'd like to do, and then we'll, let's go. Of course, uh, bring our guest, Dr. Tolbert, and see if he's got. Uh, any more things he'd like uh, to add to it? I'm sure he does. Uh, but let's go ahead. Uh, if you want to make any kind of response there, Susan, let's bring it back to our guest. Susan, go ahead. Eisenhower put General Joseph Swing in charge of immigration enforcement, so it was called enforcement at that point. And it secured the American borders, an accomplishment no other president has equaled since then. So I can only say the order came directly from the president. So I believe in certain cases the orders can come, when we are trying to enforce certain laws. The two hired ships okay. that they used for the emancipation in the Mercurio, and they took aliens from Port Isabel, Texas, to Veracruz, Mexico. Um, so, you know, I, I, I think very good idea. 
And let's go ahead and bring it over to, uh, to you, Dr. Tolbert, see if there's any comments uh, you'd like to make. And if there's any way you can uh, tie it into one of our other topics uh, we have tonight, is one of the things we talk, start talking about is those uh, little security, quote-unquote security uh, chips that are on our uh, our credit cards and our debit cards, the new ones at least, supposedly uh, better for our security. makes me wonder what information is all on those uh, things. And that kind of tongue-in-cheek in the description said is this like the first step to the uh, mark of the beast. And I'm not particularly a subscriber or believer in, in any of that, but I know a lot of people are. Um, so uh, if you would like to tie that in, if there's any way to tie it in uh, in our discussion, uh, with what we're doing now, we'll go ahead. Yeah, well, let me let me start with the fact on the art, uh, immigration and uh, presidents making decisions such as Eisenhower uh, gathering up and sending everybody back from all the states. The only way it can be done under the Constitution is if the Congress declares the illegal immigrant invaders. At that point in time. The federal government has the responsibility and the authority to pick up and to send individuals back until such time, which is not going to happen because it's not politically correct for Congress to declare these invaders because they would lose the Hispanic vote, which would change the winner of the election. But if Congress stood up and said, and and Supreme Court ruled on this, and says that all these illegal immigrants are illegal, are invaders, then under the Articles of the Constitution, the federal government has the right. Up until that time, the state of Iowa already took the authority last year within months after we sent them their Constitution they actually loaded a group of individuals and send them back to Honduras. We also saw that and see that happening with Texas and other states. So the states need to bring forth their militia, which is required by the Constitution. They need to then pick up these illegal immigrants, and instead of incarcerating them, they have authority under the state constitution to ship these individuals back, and the federal government has no authority to override that. Going back to the Chase Bank and the credit card and the mortgage and what's and we have to remember, Chase is part of the Illuminati's. The part of the and real Jesuit. quick, uh, real quick, Doctor, I hate to interrupt you, but I do have to make a programming note. We do have about one minute before we go into the extended period. So, unfortunately, let's uh, drop your call. Uh, you will not, unfortunately, be able to call. The rest of the show uh, will be available on the podcast. If you'd like to listen at least to the extended period, give us a call at 347-945-7428. Uh, unfortunately, if you don't do it in the next minute, you'll be unable to do so. And if you'd like to chime in, just push the one on the number dial. I do see we have another person in the caller. I believe it's uh, uh, Christine uh, Timmons, who's been on the show before, it looks like she's uh, listened to the show, is going to chime in. Uh, but yes, give us a call 347-945-7428 uh, if you'd like to uh, listen to the extended period and uh, make sure you don't get disconnected because as I said, unfortunately, uh, you will not be able to uh, call back then. So let's go ahead and uh, 
bring it back to you because in about 15 seconds we will be in uh, no longer live but still being recorded for our archives uh, for the folks uh, for our podcast. So let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Dr. Stolberg. I was getting ready to go into the Jesuits, which is an offshoot of the Catholic Church, own the Federal Reserves, and they just uh, made a comment, the Pope did, that he's concerned about his own assassination because of some of the things he's doing, and that the Jesuits were part of the group that was part of the assassination of Kennedy wanting to close the Federal Reserve. The Chase Bank being able to get away with what they got away with is because of the fact they're a member of the Federal Reserve and a member of the Jesuits. So everything ties together, and whether it's immigration, Federal Reserve, whether it's not who's running for president, whether or not it's a violation of the Constitution. So when you're looking, you know, and I agree that there's the word conspiracy theory is used as, as a cover-up for lies, but there's just a lot of lying going on in the political system today. For example, they just divided the United States up to 10 districts under the United Nations, and they just took over your water rights. And the Pope is now behind climate control and the United Nations. And so all this that you're talking about, the Chase Bank, the credit cards, the chip, the identity, uh, even if you go to the fact that 10, 7 states are passing the law to do uh, mileage for your taxes and the insurance companies are actually being paid by the federal government to, to do a modified program and you hear it on television how they're going to give you Better, inter- better rates for your insurance. This is about tracking you. This is about following you. This is about identifying you. Uh, this is about taking you to one world order. Uh, if the American people do not stand up and elect a person that is not a Democrat or Republican, I'm going to say this again, no Democrat or Republican can change America. It is going to take a citizen It's going to take an American who is well aware of what's going on in this country to make the changes. And I can can elaborate on any one of these subjects that I just mentioned. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, let's go ahead. And um, we do have about an hour unless we summarily get uh, cut off as this tells a technical glitch uh, last week. Let's hope that doesn't happen again. But let's go ahead and we do have another caller. Uh, we have uh, Christine on, and um, we've got uh, a lot of time, but uh, we are going to try to uh, divvy out the time that we have left uh, amongst everybody here on the call. Uh, so we got to you know try to equal time for people. So let's go ahead and uh, get some comments uh, from Christine. Christine, thank you very much for coming to the show. How are you tonight? Well, I, I'm happy, and I'll, I'll just be happy to say that some of the, the speakers, uh, they listen to everything I told them. <laughs> Most of the things <laughs> that Dr. Calder is saying, and Nathan uh, Nathan knew some of himself, but Dr. Calder, what he's saying, I take credit for everything he's saying about the Constitution as being absolutely correct. But I'd like for people to know that under the U.S. Constitution, uh, you really can't stop immigration. It is uh, in Article 1, Section 9, it says the 
states are in charge. What's supposed to be happening, they're supposed to register with the state. They can't work except under state law. The state has to pay a tax to the United States for every work they give. That person pays a non-refundable duty plus income tax, and they get no Social Security. That person can never become a citizen. This stuff that they're worried about, the Hispanic vote, there's no such thing. The Hispanics did not come here under the Constitution where you have to register with the state. If you want to be a citizen, you're supposed to be sworn in to prove legal residency. That's on Homeland Security website right now. The only way to prove legal residency is not a green card. It's not an alien card where you walk all over the country. You've got to be sworn in by the state. I know of no Hispanic, nobody since 1962. They can go all the way back maybe to Puerto Rico and invalidate every one of those signatures right on Homeland Security website. You just have to know how to find it. And uh, the thing about the border is ain't nothing wrong with the border. You can put up a fence nine miles high with radio. Uh-oh. We lost her. Well, looks like we lost both. It looks like, he, looks like we both lost both her and uh, Dr. Tolbert. Unfortunately, okay. um, yeah, it looks wow. like we, we dropped. Happened? Yeah, it looks like we, we lost both of their calls, unfortunately, but we still have everyone else. And so, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. We'll have to, I'll, I'll be in touch with both of them later uh, and see what happened there. Um, but let's go ahead and we, you know, we still got uh, plenty of time, plenty of folks. So we still have uh, myself on the line here. We've got Cindy, we've got Susan, we've got Ron, we've got Nathan. So we definitely have enough uh, folks here uh, to continue on with our conversation uh, for this evening. So let's go ahead and bring things back around uh, to you, Ron, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there, perhaps uh, through some communication, and I can find out what happened uh, with uh, with our guest and with uh, Christine. Uh, so let's go ahead and bring it back to you, Ron. He's probably just listening, Robert. Remember, he said he wouldn't be able to get back on for a while. Oh, okay. Yeah, I still see him on the line. So, Cindy, I tell you what, uh, we'll go ahead and bring it uh, back to Susan if you got anything, and then uh, we'll bring it to you, Cindy. And I do have some audio clips um, in the meantime, so it's time to be trying to check things out. Uh, it is about 10 minutes, but we still have plenty of time. Let's go ahead and see what the candidates uh, said about immigration since we we brought it up earlier. And then it's uh, get our comments on that, and then we'll move forward. So let's go ahead and relax for a little bit and listen to what uh, the candidates said and see if uh, there's anything significant that we heard from them. Gentlemen, returning to a new subject that all of you have been talking about and some of you have been disagreeing about, and that is the issue of immigration. Governor Bush, you released a new plan this week on illegal immigration focusing on enforcement, which some suggest is your effort to show that you're not soft on that issue. I want to ask you about a statement that you made last year about illegal immigrants, and here's what you said. They broke the law, but it's not a felony. It's an act of love. It's an act of commitment to your family. Do you stand by that statement, and do you stand by your support for earned legal status? 
I do. I believe that the great majority of people coming here illegally have no other option. They want to provide for their family. But we need to control our border. It's not. It's our responsibility to pick and choose who comes in. So I, I've written a book about this, and yet this week I did come up with a comprehensive strategy that, that really mirrored what we said in the book, which is that we need to deal with e-verify. We need to deal with people that come with a legal visa and overstay. We need to be much more strategic on how we deal with uh, border enforcement, border security. We need to eliminate the sanctuary cities in this country. It is ridiculous and tragic that people are dying because of the fact that, that local governments are not following the federal law. There's much to do. And I think rather than talking about this as a wedge issue, which Barack Obama's done now for six long years, the next president, and I hope to be that president, will fix this once and for all so that we can turn this into a driver for high sustained economic growth. And there should be a path to earn legal status for those that are here. Uh, not, not amnesty, earn legal status, which means you pay a fine and do many things over an extended period of time. Thank you, sir. Mr. Trump, uh, it has not escaped anybody's notice that you say that the Mexican government, the Mexican government is sending criminals, rapists, drug dealers across the border. Governor Bush has called those remarks, quote, extraordinarily ugly. I'd like you, you're right next to him, tell us, talk to him directly and say how you respond to that. And, and you have repeatedly said that you have evidence that the Mexican government is doing this, but that you have evidence you have refused or declined to share. Why not use this first Republican presidential debate to share your proof with the American people? So, if it weren't for me, you wouldn't even be talking about illegal immigration, Chris. You wouldn't even be talking about it. This was not a subject that was on anybody's mind until I brought it up at my announcement, and I said, Mexico is sending, except the reporters, because they're a very dishonest lot, generally speaking, in the world of politics, they didn't cover my statement the way I said it. The fact is, since then, many killings, murders, crime, drugs pouring across the border, our money going out and the drugs coming in. And I said, we need to build a wall, and it has to be built quickly. And I don't mind having a big, beautiful door in that wall so that people can come into this country legally. But we need, Jeb, to build a wall. We need to keep illegals out. Uh, Mr. Trump, I'll give you 30 seconds. I'll give you 30 seconds to answer my question, which was, what evidence do you have, specific evidence, that the Mexican government is sending criminals across the border. 30 seconds. Border Patrol, I was at the border last week. Border Patrol people that I deal with, that I talk to, they say this is what's happening because our leaders are stupid, our politicians are stupid, and the Mexican government is much smarter, much sharper, much more cunning, and they send the bad ones over because they don't want to pay for them, they don't want to take care of them. Why should they when the stupid leaders of the United States will do it for them? And that's what's happening whether you like it or not. Obviously, there's a lot more to talk about this. We're going to have more questions, questions now on illegal immigration. We kind of ended with a cliffhanger there. So let's continue the conversation. Governor Kasich, I know you don't like to talk about Donald Trump, 
But I do want to ask you about the merit of what he just said. When you say that uh, the American government is stupid, that the Mexican government is sending criminals, uh, that we're being bamboozled, is that an adequate response to the well, question of, of well, illegal immigration? Chris, first of all, I was just saying to Chris Christie, they say we're outspoken. We need to take lessons from Donald Trump if we're, gonna, if we're really going to learn it. Hey, here's the thing about Donald Trump. Donald Trump's hitting a nerve in this country. He is. He's hitting a nerve. People are frustrated. They're fed up. They don't think the government is working for them. And for people that want to just tune them out, they're making a mistake. Now, he's got his solutions. Some of us have other solutions. You know, look, I balanced the federal budget as one of the chief architects when I was in Washington. Hadn't been done since. I was a military reformer. I took the, uh, the state of Ohio from an $8 billion hole and a 350,000 job loss to a $2 billion surplus and a gain of 350,000 jobs. Respectfully, can we talk about a legal well, but, but the point is, is that we all have solutions. Mr. Trump is touching a nerve because people want the wall to be built. They want to see an end to illegal immigration. They want to see it. We all do. But we all have different ways of getting there. And you're going to hear from all of us tonight about what our ideas are. All right. Well, Senator Rubio, let me see if I can do better with you. Is it as simple as our leaders are stupid, their leaders are smart, and all of these illegals coming over are criminals? Well, let me set the record straight on a couple of things. The first is the evidence is now clear that the majority of people coming across the border are not from Mexico. They're coming from Guatemala, El Salvador, Honduras. Those countries are the, are the source of the people that are now coming in its majority. I also believe we need a fence. The problem is if El Chapo builds a tunnel under the fence, we have to be able to deal with that too. And that's why you need an e-verify system and you need an entry-exit tracking system and all sorts of other things to prevent illegal immigration. But I agree with what Governor Kasich just said. People are frustrated. This is the most generous country in the world when it comes to immigration. There are a million people a year who legally immigrate to the United States. And people feel like we're being taken advantage of. We feel like despite our generosity, we are being taken advantage of. And let me tell you who never gets talked about in these debates. The people that call my office, who have been waiting for 15 years to come to the United States, and they paid their fees, and they hired a lawyer, and they can't get in, and they're wondering, maybe they should come illegally. And so these are important issues, and we should address it. It's a serious problem that needs to be addressed. And, and, and otherwise, we're going to keep talking about this for the next 30 years like we have for the last 30 years. Governor Walker, Governor Walker from 2002 till as recently as 2013, just two years ago, you supported comprehensive immigration reform, including a path to citizenship. Now you say that was a quick reaction to something you hadn't really thought about and that you've changed your mind. Other than politics, could you explain why in the last two years you've changed your position on a path to citizenship and are there other past positions that we shouldn't hold you to? Yeah, well, Chris, I actually said it out of your show earlier this year. Yes, I, I said that. I acknowledge that. I said I actually listened to the American people, and I think people across America want a leader who's actually going to listen to them. I talked to border state governors and other elected officials. I looked at how this president, particularly through last November, messed up the, uh, the immigration system in this country. Most importantly, I listened to the people of America. I believe we need to secure the border. I've been to the border with Governor Abbott in Texas and others, seeing the problems that they have there. There's international criminal organizations penetrating our southern-based borders, and we need to do something about it. Secure the border, enforce the law, no amnesty, and go forward with a legal immigration system that gives priority to American working families and wages. 
Senate approved some 1,400 people submitted questions on this very hot topic of illegal immigration on Facebook, and a number of them were about the murder of Kate Steinle in San Francisco, allegedly shot down by an illegal. Doug Bettencourt sent this question, will you support Kate Steinle's law, which would impose a mandatory five-year prison term for an illegal who's deported and then returns to this country, and will you defund sanctuary cities for violating federal law? Chris, absolutely yes, and not only will I support it, I have authored Kate's law in the United States Senate and filed that legislation. I tried to get the Senate to vote to pass Kate's law on the floor of the Senate just one week ago, and the leader of our own party blocked a vote on Kate's law. You know, there was reference made to our leaders being stupid. It's not a question of stupidity. It's that they don't want to enforce the immigration laws. That there are far too many in the Washington cartel that support amnesty. President Obama's talked about fundamentally transforming this country. There's seven billion people across the many of whom want to come to this country. If they come legally, great, but if they come illegally and they get amnesty, that is how we fundamentally change this country, and it really is striking. A majority of the candidates on this stage have supported amnesty. I have never supported amnesty, and I led the fight against Chuck Schumer's Gang of Eight amnesty legislation in the Senate. All right, Where'd you go, Robert? Was everybody dropping off? Well, I'm here. I think Robert's having problems. He's having problems with... Um, nope, I'm not having uh, problems. I had myself oh, on mute. <laughs> oh, okay. I had myself on mute, folks. Uh, yeah, no, I was going to say, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hear from you guys' comments. Yeah, because I was typing. I didn't want you guys to hear me typing because I was sending a message uh, to our guest. Uh, hopefully we'll have him on. I'm just trying to decipher uh, what happened with the, um, you know, with the call. There might have been some background things that I'm not really at liberty to say. Um, but uh, I'm just looking. This is a thing. So I'm just waiting a response from uh, Dr. Tolbert on that. Uh, but let's go ahead. We still have, uh, you know, us on the line. And so we have about uh 30 minutes i would say before i have to uh close things out for the evening and uh definitely would like to have everyone uh come back uh, for next week's show just waiting to hear back from uh some guests uh for next week uh so we'll be interesting uh for that and so let's go ahead and uh generally when i can give deference to the ladies uh when we can and so all and i want to bring this up cindy we did not unfortunately and you folks uh, missed one of our uh, panelists tonight, uh, Kelly Mordecai. Uh, he's also from California, so he's going to come in, but I just actually heard from him a few minutes ago. Uh, unfortunately, it was about, uh, well, about seven minutes after uh, midnight here on Eastern Time. Uh, unfortunately, our good friend had a migraine this evening oh. until he was not able to, you know, was not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I've had migraines. Actually, it's genetic. 
Uh, and so I get migraines actually pretty frequently. And so I understand how that feels. Now, with somebody who's been having them since my early 20s, um, I've grown to be able to uh, still have a working migraine, if you know what I mean, still push on with having them. Uh, just, but, but that's because I'm used to having them. <laughs> so, uh, but we, we want to wish, uh, him well. And also uh, on a personal note, which you guys folks know, I do not do this often. Uh, but I just found out, uh, a few days ago, actually here earlier this, uh, this week that one of my uncles passed away. So, uh, and I have a funeral to go to on Friday. Uh, so if people, his, uh, name was, uh, my uncle, uh, Jim Fortiger. And so, uh, just people put the positive thoughts out, uh, to his family. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, I know, you know, his wife, my aunt, uh, which is my, um, going to have a, a hard time. They were married for like 53 or 57 years. Uh, mm-hmm. so to be with someone that long and then to lose them has to be extremely, uh, painfully felt loss. So I you know, appreciate people having their positive thoughts out. Uh, for that. But anyway, let's go ahead and uh, move on. And so let's go ahead and bring it to you, Susan, first, and then Cindy. And then Nathan, we'll bring it over to you for your comments, and I may make some comments of my own. But first, let's go ahead and get yours out there. Uh, so, uh, Susan, go ahead. Um, I I keep a lot of files with articles from, you know, I political uh, comments, political information I may need, information for my blog, um, Phil Shaffley, you know, I have all these files in my emails with this Well, Su- Susan, you, you, now that now, well, now that you met, well, Susan, now that you mentioned you have a blog, now you've got to give it a shameless plug here on the show. Oh, I do, huh? <laughs> huh? Oh, well, it's uh, called www.thegrannychannel.com. Go ahead, tell us about it. Well, I I just published a new one. I did the rainwater one, which you want me to talk sometime about how it's... Yeah, I definitely want to get on the... Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting. Go ahead. (laughs) I did one on the Founding Fathers, what they stood for. So I, I touch a lot of different unusual topics, and I went back historically on that, and I had done one on the veterans, one on Paul Revere's ride, um, you know, so I, I do a lot of different things, uh, and I can't do them every day, like some people just pump them out every day, but I guess they don't have to work like I do, and I bake, and I cook, and I can, and I clean house, and I I run with the grandkids and everything else, so, you know, it, it takes up a lot of time, and I like oh, to yeah. research my facts and I go to a lot of different sources and check different things out. Um, but anyway, Mark Levin had it uh, saying where he said that constitutional experts say that the 14th Amendment allows birthright citizenship are dead wrong. It didn't even give citizenship to Native Americans, so why to illegal aliens? Article 1, Section 8 grants plenary power to Congress to establish a uniform rule of natural Naturalization. We're tired of being told someone can come in our country illegally, claim citizenship, and that there's nothing we can do about it. But we have policies that promote illegal aliens right now and illegal alien children more than American citizens and American children. So um, 
this is what he put forth. Uh, I'm sure he had the show was probably more on it, but um, he he definitely whether you like him or you don't, he definitely does work the Constitution just as Keith Broders does, and it's all out there. And I don't believe that gal saying that different states have to. Yes, they can they can throw a nullification and they can do different things. So I do believe in states' rights. But um, I believe that because these are invaders, they're breaking the law, and when they come across the border, it's a different state. Um, they have invaded our country, so to speak. And if we had the wall, Israel has one, you know, that works. And if we had a wall and we brought our military home from all these illegal wars, we would have them stationed just around the country on the borders and with orders to stop anyone and everyone that comes across. And they can come in legally a certain amount every year. We can't take them all in. Our country isn't big enough, our land, you know, and our money. So some just have to stay out. I think, you know, we can't even bring our own pastor home to Idaho, Pastor Saeed Abedini. We can't even protect him. So why are we protecting people that come across the border illegally, you know? So this is what gets me upset. So there you go. Cindy, would you like to say anything on that? I like what she said. I'm not going to argue with that. I would say this, though. um, uh, I think it was Ron. Either Ron or Nathan was saying that um, uh, that even if Trump wanted to um, abolish the IRS or, um, you know, the the foreign invaders thing would, would, you know, come into play there and stuff like that, uh, the you know the the illegal aliens and stuff. The president does have the bully pulpit, and they, he can move Congress to act on stuff. Um, and and if anybody knows the art of the deal like Trump, I don't know who it would be. Uh, I, he's kind of like a, a Newt Gingrich uh, on steroids as far as the, the deal is concerned. Newt Gingrich was a guy who could make a deal like crazy, but I think Trump may trump him <laughs> um, as far as what he can get done uh, from the position of the bully pulpit. Yeah, he knows that he can't do certain things um, uh, without Congress, but he knows how to get Congress to do things and uh, to get them to declare that these uh Mexicans are here illegally, Um, Colombians, Venezuelans. I mean, they're coming from all over down there in uh, Central America. And and if if anybody can get Congress to declare them uh, invaders, um, alien invaders, then um, he could do it. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it sounds like I'm, defending Trump because, boy, that's who I'm going to vote for. I really, to tell you the truth, I honestly don't know who I'm going to vote for at this point. I'm just saying that for someone to say that Trump can't get something done, uh, he's a guy that usually gets things done. (laughs) The things that you would think were impossible, he's done. So, I mean, how did he keep his, um, his positive 
um, personal uh, ratings up with the American people after the things he did to his wives. You know, how was he able to do that? There's just something about Trump that people are so attracted to, and they're and it's like like deer in the headlights kind of thing. Um, and and there's something to be said for that as far as you know whether you can get something done or not. Riding on that, I mean, look at Bill Clinton. You know, people still love that guy, and we we, we know how crook, crooked he is. Look at Hillary. We know how crooked she is. Now, I think the reason that she's not doing as well as Bill did through all his crises was because people don't like her as much as they liked Bill. She's harsh. She's a witch. Um, She's just, she's not even funny when she tries to make a joke. And uh, she makes light of things like uh, Benghazi. She makes light of things like... um, the emails situation, and I think that does not sit right with people. Um, you know, you, to make light of your mistakes or your your ill people's doings, not just mistakes, but your your criminal activity, that's just not appealing to most people. And I, I do have to say, though, I have a friend who said. And when I asked her, well, you surely you wouldn't vote for Hillary Clinton, she actually said yes, she would. And, and very happily she said yes. No no question was in her mind that she would vote for Hillary. And I'm afraid that's the kind of people out there that we're dealing with is people that don't know really what's going on or they don't believe. They think um, maybe Hillary is just being attacked un unwarranted attacks are being waged on her, you know. Um, <clears throat> and and that's not necessarily, you know, I, I don't know how, how, I don't think everybody's going to say, it's just like Ron was saying at the convention, it looks like the tide is turning now and people are starting to think for themselves. And basically that happens because people look around themselves, they look around their own world, and they see how badly they're doing compared to 10 years ago. They're seeing how badly their neighbor is doing compared to 10 years ago. Their their um, their eyes are being opened, and um, but they don't know where to go from there because they don't trust any Republican and they don't trust any Democrat. So it's kind of like a really hard situation for a lot of people to be in. Um, and uh, I, I got to tell you, I, I, I think if I was in California, I'd vote for Ron. <laughs> Even though he's a Democrat, I think I'd vote for him. But anyway, um, what were you going to say, Susan? Me too. Yeah. <laughs> I was, you know what I think is, I think it's funny that he he was talking about the, the attitude the people are are thinking they're discussing stuff, but the politicians were not there, and and that's where I I say this media wall between the media that the media is a wall between the politicians and the and the people, because if we get in a real room and 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 can ask real questions, 
they don't have the answer for them. And, and the reason they don't have the answer is they've already got their own agenda. This thing about uh, um, about um, Trump. I, now, I, Trump's going to get up there and he's going to do great things. He's already decided he's going to win. Either you're going to let me, either you're going to let me win, and I'm not going to make a vow that I'll get behind anybody else because I'm here to win, not get behind somebody else winning. And if you don't, if you don't, if you if you fight me, then I'll just show you and I'll jump over here as an independent and let the Democrats have it. So he's holding them hostage. He is the guy that's going to get done something done. But here's what he's going to get done. He's a businessman. He knows how to make deals. And I don't know at the end of the day whenever uh, uh, you see everybody seems to be benefiting. People are working. The wall's being built. we got good relations. You know, this is what scares me. It's all about making deals and not going through asking how is this constitutional. One, one, I'll give you a good example. Uh, we got Rick Perry and uh, Rick, Rick Scott in Florida. They brag about how their their businesses, I mean their their states are, are booming economically, but you got to ask, well, why is it booming? They're inviting companies from California or any other state to come to their state. They're doing it by giving them tax-free benefits to come there, and and which means that it's the jobs they're providing the taxpayers making the money to pay the the government for what they're giving the so that's a backdoor to socialism you know so so all these making deals might get us excited and that we got jobs going and we're buying new cars and and then all of a sudden one day we're going to come to that wall again and we're going to say wow we're back there but this time it's you know China's China is our government you know, <laughs> you know, we're a socialist or a communist country. Yeah, the well, Constitution well, really is the Constitution really is guardrails to keep us from going too far to one side if we really consult it. But the problem is, is it's a dereliction of duty from way, 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 way back, way mm-hmm. back. You know, from the beginning, when the, the people that founded this com- country, they. Had, they were men of conscience. They put in the Constitution what those who disagree with them could look, point back at them and say, you hypocrite. You say that every man's free, and yet I still am a slave. You hypocrite. You know, they had consciences. They, I mean, they knew right from wrong, and they said, look, this is what is right, and we're going to document it. But they never got around to doing everything that they did. Here's a, a, something in the Constitution this repeated over and over and over, and, and it never happened. Right after the articles and many of the amendments, there's a phrase that says, Congress shall enforce this with appropriate legislation. They they never have. They've never sat down and thought through all the laws and written them out and for for any any amendment, you know, that, that is written or any article. It's like us just start making deals and whatever we come together with, it looks nothing like what it should like look like, and and it's because they make the laws as they go. They make the law because of 
well, this makes sense or this will benefit me. They're like the laws that Trump was talking about. Hey, I only use the laws because they put them out there for us. And you know what? I'm 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 between jobs now because my my company that I work for, the guy's going bankrupt and his checks are bouncing. And and I mean, this guy's going to come out of it. And the weird part about it, he's a wealthy man. He's got several other businesses. They're all LLCs. You know, but but he's he went through a bankruptcy just back in '08, and and he's doing it again, and and the thing is is but the, the law is there, the law is there, and let's let's use it. He, he they put it out there for him, and and I think this is shows this is another thing. It shows the politicians for what they really are, and I guess Trump is saying, well, I did nothing wrong because they gave me the law. Well, he's right. They he they gave him a law, and and he didn't go bankrupt because he needed to because he was in a pinch. He went, but but I thought it was 2009 was the last bankruptcy he went. That was that was with all this bailout stuff. Guess what? Everybody that went bankrupt, you know, they they got to keep everything and got more handed to them. So they they beat their creditors. That you know, uh, um, but but they're. You know, me and you, we paid for that out of our taxes. We know you have to. You have to remember, though, that what Trump said was, "That's the reason our nation is broke because I could use a system that was broke." And I and I think he realizes and and he admits yeah. the system is broke when he's able to do stuff like that. Um, so I, I don't I don't fault him for using no, the system. They, they gave it to him. They gave it to him, and he used it, and 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 he benefited from it. And I, I just know that Trump, when he gets up there, because he pursues excellence, um, he's going to get a lot of things accomplished. It'll be sitting down making deals, making deals, not not let's live by what the Constitution says, and uh, or or write laws that are constitutional. They're just let's make deals and and a benefit, and uh, you know. Um, you know, he, uh, he he got together with Senator Sessions and some constitutional lawyers to come up with his immigration plan that he yeah. uh, revealed a day or two ago. So I, I think he's more thoughtful about it than than what you think. Now, whether his interpretations are the same as yours may not be. But well, uh, you know, he, several he, years ago he was following this issue with Barack Obama and the natural bur- uh, natural born citizen thing. Uh, according to the Constitution, and he started researching it, which for him, research probably means, hey, uh, I need you to go get some information on this stuff and or bring this person before me and let him explain to me what's going on here. I'm not saying he's a dumb man, but uh, he probably isn't spending all his time reading, reading up and studying the Constitution. He's got the people around him to advise him, and uh, but he was interested in this thing with... Uh, Barack Obama and he 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 spent a lot of time with Jerome Corsi and uh, Sheriff Joe uh, from Phoenix. You know he was really and you know he was really interested and he came out and said, you know that's a good question, you know, and and Obama and I guess a lot of a lot of politicians around all over didn't like that he was doing because you know, we could ask that question and it doesn't get past us. You know, but but when someone him like Donald Trump asks a question, it, it, everybody hears it. You know. 
Well, 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 uh, well, just uh, real, real, real quick, Cindy, because unfortunately we're running out of time. Um, we only got about ten minutes left uh, before I have to get you know start closing things out. You know, with our closing comments and and things of that nature, and then you know with me closing out the show. And there is one thing I wanted to uh, end last shows with because we didn't get to cover all of the uh, of the debate, but uh, you know that happens. It's the organic nature of uh, the show. But I did want to play an audio I've got here of, uh, you know, one of my favorite folks. And so let's go ahead and hear uh, what this gentleman's thoughts is on the candidates. 17 Republican candidates all lined to be the next president of the United States. But why is Donald Trump striking a chord with so many GOP voters? What I say, and oftentimes it's fun, it's kidding, we have a good time. What I say is what I say. I've been challenged by so many people, and I don't frankly have time for total political correctness. I would be so different from what you have right now, like the polar opposite. We have a president who doesn't have a clue. Our leaders are stupid. Our politicians are stupid. And the Mexican government is much smarter, much sharper, much more cunning. And they send the bad ones over because they don't want to pay for them. They don't want to take care of them. Why should they when the stupid leaders of the United States will do it for them? And that's what's happening, whether you like it or not. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't even be talking about illegal immigration, Chris. You wouldn't even be talking about it. But with all the cans vying for the nomination, how can the others break out and separate from the pack like Donald Trump? Former presidential candidate Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich, joins us. Nice to have you back on Fox it's News. to be back. Okay, so um, what do the, the other 16 have to do, these Republicans, because uh, Donald Trump is stealing the thunder? He's stealing the numbers, well, the polls? Mean, look, first of all, they just need to be patient. It is a long way from here to February 1st, and February 1st in Iowa is the first vote. Um, you saw an amazing experience on uh, Thursday. Carly Fiorina in the early debate is now judged by polls and everything else to be the biggest winner. Here she is. She talked to the smallest audience, but because she was so effective, she's gotten a pretty significant bounce and has moved into a much stronger position than she had last Wednesday. So I think people got to play their game, focus on their messages. Trump is a phenomenon. I mean, whether he's a long-term phenomenon or he's a short-term phenomenon, we don't know yet. But he, he's not like anybody else we've seen in politics. And why? Because he's blunt, he's got money, he's, sent, he's paying for his own campaign, he well, says what he take, thinks? Take money, for example. Mitt Romney was moderately wealthy. Donald Trump is very wealthy. People were, didn't necessarily like Romney being wealthy. People who like Trump think it's terrific that he's wealthy. Why? Why? I think it's, he's, he's, he's captured this sense of persona. We, we live in an era, whether it's the Kardashians or uh, Tom Cruise's latest movie or whatever it is, we live in an era where personalities fill up space. And Trump had a lot of experience with The Apprentice at playing reality television. So in a lot of ways, what you're getting is the reality candidate. It's like it's a reality show for Trump. And he comes across very aggressive, very energetic, uh, and he's on permanent offense. I've never seen anybody as capable of being on permanent offense as Donald Trump. Uh, eight years ago, we saw the beginning of the um, Tea Party, and that seemed to be a group of people who had a little sort of anger, and they were upset with the Washington uh, as, as it is. And uh, is, is that the same sort of 
anger or upset that we're now seeing him. Uh, I mean, the emails I get in support of Donald Trump are, are the people who are just, they're mad at Washington. Well, I think people are more and more disgusted and they're more and more troubled. You look at flat wages, you look at the weakest recovery in 70 years economically, you look at Ferguson last night, uh, you, you just go through item after item after item. The system doesn't work. The government doesn't work. Uh, we just had one of the folks that, that we work with applied seven weeks ago to get a passport, and it finally came through the other, the, today. I mean, and you look at the, the, the Veterans Administration doesn't work. Whose fault is this? Well, ultimately, we're going to have to have a very major overhaul of the whole system. I mean, if you look at the EPA, which routinely wants to put people in jail. I'm actually writing about this tomorrow. They routinely want to put businesses in jail. The EPA just had created a toxic creek in Colorado, which is now a state of emergency. And I'm writing, we should be putting EPA officials in jail. I mean, they ought to be under the same standard as private business. And people look at this stuff and they say, Everybody talks, nobody gets anything done, and along comes Trump. Now, but remember, it's not just Trump. Carly Fiorina's never held public office. Dr. Carson's never held public office. My guess is between the three of them, they have at least 40% of the vote now. That's wild. Anyway, Newt, uh, thank you, and I expect you back often. I'll be back as often mm -hmm. as I can. Thanks. Nice to see you. And the reason why he's only going to be back as often as he can is because hopefully he'll be running for president. No, but <laughs> anyway, that, that, that's my hope. I tell you what, uh, uh, and I just actually, it's interesting. I had a friend uh, last night. He's, he's, I'd have to call him a liberal, um, but he's open, he's an open-minded liberal. Um, and so he's open-minded with, with, with discussions we have. And he, I think he's actually, Likes Obama. I, I still don't understand why he's a very intelligent guy, so I don't see why. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, um, but he said, you know, him and his, his girlfriend last night were out uh, last night, uh, and you know, we we, we talk politics, philosophy, things of that nature uh, when him and I get together, and then you know, and so we, uh, and so you know, with some friends. And he's like, you know, this could be actually a time where, because I don't think anyone's really excited. I mean, Trump, will see how far he goes. Uh, the candidate, I think that uh, if Gingrich got in, I think he would really have a lot that he could uh, he could add to this party. I think he'd, he could really outshine all of them, myself. Uh, well, that might be biased. Him, <laughs> anybody that gets in at the last minute, that, that I'm talking about a, whole, a high profile person, gets in it at the last minute after all, you know, the next year of burning out you know they might be fresh and have you know because because they got i mean this is a long uh, uh season for for you know election right and what do you think susan well, uh about anything well just about his uh you know you know, it's kind of a, the takes about, you know, Trump and the other candidates, are they ought to be, uh, you know, patient. And you're right, it is, it is a long way to go. I mean, it's not until February 1st uh, to the, you know, Iowa caucus. Uh, so, you know, you know, what's your thoughts on that? And is there any particular candidate that's or anyone who's not in that you would like to see uh, to the race? Paul, oh, Rand Paul. Always Rand Paul, just like Ron Paul. Constitutionalist. All the way, I'm totally behind them. Um, father and son, I, I was, I, I, I can't really go with any of the others. Um, although, 
I do like some of them for certain things, and they certainly... And I really think you guys had better be prepared. Bernie Sanders is going to catch Hillary. I'm predicting that. I'm telling you, he is popular because he has got a message. We may not like many things he said, but he is against the NSA. He's against the TPP. He is against the Patriot Act. He is for the Second Amendment. He is against open borders. You know, for the, all the bad stuff he has, he's got some good stuff, and I would sure as heck rather see him as the Democrat candidate than Hillary. So that is not yeah, means I am saying he is better than her. There are, and I vote here in Idaho. I have voted for Democrats twice. I am not anti every Democrat that comes down the pike. Um, I voted for Walt Minnick over Raul Labrador, even though I voted for Raul the last time around, because Raul had a very, very poor grade from Numbers USA. Uh, I believe it was a D-plus um, on immigration, and Walt Minnick had a B-plus, and that is an issue that is very, very important to me, the immigration thing, because of everything that's hurting our, our people that are citizens or those that came in legally. So um, I, I have supported Democrats in the past, um, and uh, not many, not many. My mostly when it comes to president, I went third party. I went with Ross Perot both times. He didn't have the appeal Donald Trump had, but he paid for most of his campaign with his very own money. And I, I liked what he had to say. He was a much quieter person than Donald Trump, and probably not as well known, even though he was rich. Yeah, I remember Ross Perot. I liked him the first time around, and I believe I even voted for him the first time around. Uh, I didn't the second time, um, but I did, uh, you know, I voted from the, fir- the first time around. But I do see um, that we only got uh, about five minutes left, so let's go ahead and uh, bring it over uh, to you, Cindy. Of course, you know, I'm still hoping, uh, you know, for Newt to get in. Uh, but, you know, what are your thoughts? And we probably should go ahead and get ready to take our closing thoughts uh, for this evening. And of course, folks, we will be live again next Wednesday, okay, that is the 26th, and we're looking forward to having the show, and of course, I'd like to invite everyone who's been on the call tonight, and uh, definitely will be getting a hold of Ron uh, at another time to invite him to come on the show to uh, go over what he was discussing about with uh, Chase Bank and things of that nature, so we'll definitely be seeing him in the uh, not-too-distant future uh, coming on the show to discuss that. Of course, we'll be talking more about uh, the election coverage as uh, things move on. Uh, it's always been uh, an exciting time for me. I've always been interested in uh, the elections, and so we'll uh, have that, and hopefully we'll be able to see our friend or hear from our friend Kelly uh, next week. Uh, but let's go ahead, and uh, Cindy, you've got some uh, closing thoughts uh, for this evening. Uh, we'll go ahead and take them, and then we'll get some from uh, Nathan, and not Ron is still listening, but uh, we'll go ahead and uh, do it that way. And then, unfortunately, I'll have to uh, close things out uh, for the night. So go ahead, Cindy. Well, leave it to Newt Gingrich to be the smart man in the room. Uh, I've never, I have not heard of anyone. Uh, maybe they have, but I have not heard anyone call Trump the the reality candidate, and that's exactly what he is. He's the reality show candidate. All those people out there that are sitting in front of their TV watching reality shows instead of uh, doing their homework uh, and finding out what these candidates are doing and holding their own 
uh, politicians that they voted for accountable to the Constitution. Uh, they're 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 totally asleep at the wheel, and yet here comes Trump and commands all this media attention, and and that they see, they they see the circus, uh, they see the reality show of it, um, and and you know they've already been a fan of his um, because of his reality shows, and and now here he is. Oh wow, I love I love Trump, but I do have to say I think there's more behind it behind him than people really know. And I think that's going to come out within time. Um, mm-hmm. His book, Time I think he'll be one of the top five candidates myself. Unless, yeah, unless, well, somebody else, unless somebody comes in to push him out, I, I see him as one of the top five. Yeah. Well, Time to Get Tough, his book, his, his book on uh, his plan to save, uh, to make America great again. Uh, is a very thoughtful book. It's a very well-researched book. And he himself has said, that he worked harder on this book than any other book he's written. And I, and I think he did do some of his own research in this particular instance. And, of course, you know, he knows a lot about things, too, just from uh, his general sphere of knowledge. But anyway, Charlie Fiorini got a bounce after that um, debate. Not mm-hmm. I, I, thought she won, I thought she won the debate with, those, with the small debate. But I don't believe she would have won against the other people that were debating um, uh, later after her. Uh, she got her bounce because Fox likes her, and that's because she is an elitist globalist. She has already said how she felt sorry for Boehner, that he couldn't work with that Congress and, and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you know she is right there with her mm. rhino butt. Um, yep. so, so I, I, I don't trust Carly Fiorini at all. Um, but the the wetback thing that Susan was uh, talking about, uh, how Eisenhower gathered up all the people. This is what they used to do around here. We're in agriculture here, and our fern cutters are mostly Mexican here. And um, and we got um, orange, orange groves up here too, and so those are all Mexicans that come in here, okay? And a long time ago, they used to send the 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 um, immigration people would come here all the time and they would race up and down through the ferneries and the Mexicans would just scatter everywhere and just start running and I mean they would pick people up all the time you would see them come and do that and they haven't done that for at least ten years it's been uh, probably wow. like fifteen years since I have seen them do anything like that. And and I don't know who it was. I don't know who was president or who was in charge that told them to stop. But somewhere way long ago, this immigration stuff, um, uh, this illegal alien stuff was stopped. And, I mean, they didn't deport anybody after that hardly. I think it started with Bush. I hate to say it. Yeah. Well, from, from, um, yeah, from, from here in this area, we just don't deport anybody anymore. Um, now... Uh, I, you know, this has been a great show, and, and I hope we get uh, Ron back on. Nathan, I hope I hope you'll call in again. Um, y'all are um, very interesting to listen to. I love hearing new blood comes on come on too. You know, cause people are tired of hearing me with my conspiracy theories. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I do like that. I do like that Trump says he's not going to raise the debt ceiling. I do like 
that he's going to impose a tax on well, Chinese products. And and, and, and I do Cindy, like. Yeah, we got to mm-hmm. cut things. So, I know. Yeah, we got, yeah, unfortunately, right. we got to cut things short. I've, I've got only uh, <laughs> maybe about four minutes of that. And Susan, we definitely want to uh, have you back on. I really appreciate uh, Susan what you're doing there on Facebook. Uh, I've been kind of monitoring and making some comments myself. Really appreciate uh, you uh, sharing the link uh, with folks there on Facebook uh, so they can listen to the show as well. Uh, we really appreciate that here on the show. Uh, and, and others, you know, be great if uh, you could uh, share that out as well. Um, because, as I believe Ron, uh, you know, pointed out, is you know, we're talking about things here that a lot of folks, you know, aren't talking about. No, we do, of course, talk about things that they do. Uh, but there are some things that uh, we discuss that they don't. So we definitely would like to have you guys back and really appreciate uh, Susan, you're doing that. Of course, you guys are, are welcome uh, anytime uh, to call us. So we are, you know, live every Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, boy, I'd love to be able to do shows, but uh, unfortunately, you know, not at this time. But who knows? Maybe in the future we'll uh, we'll be able to increase how many nights we're on. Uh, but I will uh, say well, thank you, everyone, for coming to the show tonight. And please, as I said, if you're here on Blog Talk Radio, just uh, you can share it. Um, and follow the show, I mean, by pushing a little follow button, and then you can get periodic uh, emails, or you could get a direct email from me every uh, Wednesday or Thursday after the show, uh, sometime with the link, uh, by going to the www.bardslogicpoliticaltalk.com, and whereas you can join the email list uh, that you can get uh, about the subsequent shows and our past shows, things of that nature, where you can uh, – share and forward on your email uh, to other folks on the list and here to the show as well. And I am at the point where I will be playing our song that I do every week. And that is by Aubrey Ashburn. And you can find more of her music by going to www.aubreyashburn.com. So thanks again, folks. Have a great week and we shall see you next time. Good night. Good night, everybody. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.